Blog Talk Radio. And relax in this beautiful space that you've created. Stand up. Okay, we're going to expand the energy. You're going to do it the form with your eyes closed. So you internalize the energy completely. So just close your eyes. In order to go out, you got to go within. Tai Chi is my method of doing it. It allows all energy condensed in the very core of your body and as you continue this practice or any of your Tai Chi forms practice with your eyes closed sometimes so you can really internalize it and some marvelous things will happen I won't spoil your experience if you are not sexual you cannot be spiritual because it takes energy to be spiritual it takes energy to meditate. And I'm not talking about alpha relaxation. I'm talking about meditation, dynamic, deep meditation. Learning to rotate your consciousness through the body in certain specific psychic pathways that the tantric traditions have had after that. And in this way, we open up and enliven ourselves to the possibility of being able to create and be any and everything your potential will allow to be in this lifetime. But I found that this is very effective for developing my sexual energy. And, and when we talk about sexual energy, we're not talking about making love. We're talking about the natural energy that flows through our body that makes us alive. We put the connotation sexual because that's how we deal with it. But there are many ways of using your sexual energy. Creativity, writing, painting, your martial arts form. Many, many ways. But this will increase your sexual energy for what we call love flavor. It just takes a little practice to get this current going. Do your breathing. And instead of energy going out into the earth, it goes into your system. If you really want to communicate, and the only way we as men can really communicate with a woman is opening up a heart chakra on a hot to hear. your first step to learning how to use fudging or anything else. It's developing your sexual energy. You see, the microcosmic orbit is, is for your health. It creates this orbit around the body and goes into the five internal organs. The cobra breath works strictly with the spine. But the yoga that we just built, it, it works through uh, the thrusting channel in Tibetan. I mean, uh, in Chinese. Business called the Uma Channel, right in the center of the body. 
And we say that, well, I don't feel it. But you got to develop it. you got to develop the sensitivity of it because it's there. Just because we don't feel it one or two times, we ignore it uh, or forget it. That's why it takes discipline. And what does discipline mean? You've made a decision to do something. Completion. And when we look at that word completion, nothing is ever complete because everything is constantly changing and moving, changing shape, changing energy patterns. So this whole thing that we're doing here from the physical, the martial arts, into the mental and spiritual things, it's, it's not a three-day wonder, you know. It's your life. And as you exhale, slowly open your eyes. Very slowly. Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. Listen, do you hear? It's getting closer. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is year, and we are now at the building... Give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause for being on time. What's happening, everybody? What's happening, New York, D.C., Toronto, California, West Side, East Side? What's happening, world? What's happening, extraterrestrials listening in to this radio because it's so hot? Woo! Having fun tonight. Of course, you know, this is your resident DJ MC, Coach Kyrie Extraordinaire, working behind the boards tonight. And you are now rocking with the best, period. Um, I'm glad to see everybody is here. Tonight is going to be a real big dynamic show, so I want everybody to take a nice deep breath, big inhale through the nose, big exhale out the mouth. Inhaling the color blue, big inhale. Big exhale, the color gray. One more time, let's clear it all out. Big inhale, big exhale. That's right, shake your shoulders off, shake your shoulders off. Look in the mirror and say, damn, you look good. Damn, you look good, Kyrie. Okay, all right, give give y'all a hand one more time. Some of you that are back in the building in your regular front row seats for this Tuesday night's conversation, you already know what it is. You got your paper, you got your pen, you got your water, 
You got your snacks, you got your incense, whatever you need, and you are ready to go. If this is your first time tuning in to Original Native Radio, boy, you picked a doozy to come in on. <laughs> Around here, it's all about God consciousness through spirituality, sex, money, and relationships. But it's also about the health. What kind of health are we coming through? What kind of answers are we giving? And that's what we do here is straight, no chaser, just the facts. You can research it. Let's take it to the lab. Whatever we're talking about on the Tantra, what we're talking about on the relationships, getting money or healing ourselves from any disease that's on the planet, we are sincere about being authentic because that's the type of people that we have calling in, listening to us. So we are glad that you are here. If this is your first symptometry uh, class tonight, whew, we. I don't know what to tell you. You better you better strap in. Run and get your notebook real quick. This is not the one where you're just going to uh, just listen and just be a uh, silent participant. We have class in here. We're giving our homework, and we're taking care of some real big issues around here. So, of course, I ain't doing it by myself. No, 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 no. Can't do it like that. I got my man over here. Really, I'm Tonto, and I got the Long Ranger on the big white horse. Let me bring in my co-host, Riding Shock. I'm Sue, the Green Girl Shaman. Your mic is live. Where you at right now, big bro? Hey, brother, I'm hanging here, brother, doing it right. Feeling good tonight. All right, now, all right, now. You got a little poetry for us over there talking about That's hanging right and doing good tonight. Uh-oh, don't tell me you got some more. You already do the uh, Chinese medicine. You do the acu- uh, acupuncture. You do the symptometry. I mean, man, what else do you do, man? Are you the Renaissance man? Like, uh, uh, uh what was his name, Paul Robeson? Can we start calling Paul you the Renaissance man as well as the Greensboro <laughs> Shaman? Hey, brother, we got to do what we have to do here because all we have to do is listen, and that's what it's about, brother. And I'm glad that you listen and the and the people and the, and the family out there are listening because tonight is going to be really, really hot, man. We're going to be talking about, you know, the vaccines and, and the good and the bad behind it. And, and um, Dr. Knight has really shed some light on some things so that people, when they do choose or if they do choose to, to take that route, they'll know the precautions to take and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm really um, excited about it tonight. Absolutely. Okay. Well, definitely. Me too. It's going to get popping. And even before we get started, you know, I got to drop. If you don't know anything and you got your computer up, I want you to go ahead now, open up another tab, piece everybody in the chat room, and go to com. And whether it's your fourth show or your first show, S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E, T-R-Y. Can I get somebody to drop that in the chat room for me? And you know how we do in the chat. Different colors so the conversation can flow. Symptometry. You spell that again, you know, because sometimes it takes people a few times to get that symptometry right, brother. So you may want to. Oh, no, nah, man, come on. Now, you remember last week Dr. Nardi said the people on um, Original Native Radio are very intelligent, very intelligent. Okay. So, I But you. I will I drop it over to S-Y-T-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Dot com. Matter of fact, I'm over there. I drop it in the, I drop it in the chat room myself. Okay. We don't have any problems with that right there. Um, okay. Now, also, okay. I, I, I just want to plug. You got an event coming up with Dr. Nardi and Symptometry is going to be coming to Greensboro. I'm going to be shouting that all throughout the show, but I want them to get started for those who came early. Tell me something okay. real quick about uh, April the 14th in Greensboro, North Carolina. 
April 14th at 10 o'clock. We're going to get started at 10 o'clock, and we're going to be over at the uh, the uh, Creative Center, which is formerly known as the Greensboro School of Creativity, which is at 916th Street in Greensboro, just off of uh, North Church and 16th Street. And um, that's when uh, Dr. Nadi will, will be there, and we will have a pentometry symposium. Mm. And it's going to be going. It's going to be going off. We're going to be there at least for six or seven hours, and um, we're going to talk about addictions, infectious diseases, and uh, Dr. Nadi will also uh, reveal the formula to help that will cure all human diseases. So definitely want to be there to, to pick that information up and, and find out about that formula. So that's I know that's right. Off. But without further yeah. ado, the man, I'm, I'm sorry, did you have another announcement? What else you got for me? Oh, yeah, I just wanted to say, and uh, we're going to have, you know, books and literature there and uh, also uh, some other, a few other surprises for, for everybody. So we're looking forward to that day. All right, y'all make sure you come on and put your face in the place. Get your front row seat so you can get this healing. This will be also be the one-year anniversary that we had Dr. Blair over there, so it seems like we got to bring one big doctor in every year. So I'm glad that we um, got that uh, got the got the ditch dug or got the river plowed out so we can bring this water through here and bring the healing in for the community. But I know what, without further ado, you know how I got to bring him in. You know who it is. <laughs> The bionic man himself, Dr. Nardi. How you doing? Your mic is wide open. Oh, I'm doing fine. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Dr. Charlie Abbott is also in, in the house. So that is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, Dr. Nardi, I also want to say uh, thank you for, I know we talk a lot, but today was the first time uh, my mother was listening in when we were talking earlier today. And as I told you, I just got my uh, particulates, I think yesterday or day before yesterday, and I just got started. And I had let her, um, she's very high on nutrition, and she, uh, you had her smiling ear to ear when she was reading your, um, when she was reading the material today. And so I just wanted to say I appreciate you and the work you've done uh, thus far. And like I said, I think my mama's going to be a better symptometry student than I am. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You big up the mom. You see, you see the, 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 what is good about symptometry is um, you tell the truth and then the truth resonates with people at, at, at various levels. And then, you know, it's not difficult to, to, to recognize, you know, the truth and then uh, distinguish uh, truth from falsehood, you know. So your mom was able to, to, to read it right away, and then she picked up a few vibes, and she knew right away that uh, you, her son, you were on track, you know. So that was why your mom, your mom was smiling. That's why. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have to throw out any spices. She said, I said, well, I'm going to ask him about turmeric tonight. She said, oh, no, turmeric's in the book. She says, I'm good. I said, yeah. you didn't tell <laughs> she, said, she said, I can't tell you everything. You got to read the book. I said, all right, okay. <laughs> okay, now, yeah. Dr. Nardi, um, you know, we got some good uh, line of uh, subjects coming up tonight. But like I said, some people, whether it's their first week or they need a review, um, are joining us tonight. Can you please tell us 
You know, because I say symptometry is the world's best health care that you've never heard of. Nobody's ever heard of it. So can you tell us, you know, I might have some 14 or some 16-year-olds listening, some young doctors listening. Can you tell us what is symptometry and how it came about? Let's get started like that tonight. Symptometry is a field of applied therapeutic science that um, whose aim is to make every person healthy at the cellular level, at the blood level, at the lymphatic system level. In other words, the whole person will have to be healthy. And why should we be healthy? We have to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, and we have to keep doing this because this is our only chance to turn planet Earth into a place where love and forgiveness and tolerance and diversity will overflow. This is why symptomatic was created. And before symptomatry was created, people were living on this planet and look at the kind of lives they were, li- they were living. Almost the, the, the United States has a population of 300 million inhabitants. Out of these 300 million, how many people are optimally healthy? Maybe about six or seven, and that's it. Everyone else has a knee problem, a skin problem, an eye problem, a, a, a sexual problem, a, a metabolic problem, a digestive problem. Something is happening. And symptomatic says, now enough is enough. It is, not, it is not time to turn around and head, in, and head in the right direction. This is what we are doing. Now, how did symptometry come about? Symptometry, I never, I never planned to study symptometry, I mean, to start symptometry. I never did it. But it was one thing that led to another and to another and to another that resulted in the establishment of symptometry. A man was sick. He was sent home to die because all the clinical tests, all the clinical tests were negative, and the physicians could not see what was wrong with him. This man was growing lean and lean and lean, and until he was he was weighing 125 pounds. Uh, well, they gave up on him, but there was one person who never gave up on that that person. That was that person's wife. So from there. A trip to Britain was made, and this was where symptometry, I mean, uh, homeopathy was discovered. All right, I was asked to study it. I studied it, but the method that I was taught was wrong, because even though I had not yet advanced, I found a totally different method to make myself very healthy. Then when I came to the United States, I went to Clayton, which is now closed, and that's where I studied quantum physics. And then I extended it and turned it into applied quantum physics. And then the, the, the gates of the world and health opened wide onto me. And today, symptometry is here, and people are benefiting immensely from symptometry. So basically, that's how symptometry started, and uh, we are on our way. 
thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. So we got the we got the gist of it. So tonight we getting we got a real big topic that's um I know it's gonna affect a lot of people when they hear about it. And that's what I like is we got the facts and we come out with the hardcore stuff first. So people can tell that we're not playing no games. And one of the things that interested me when I first saw your website was what you had to say about autism. Now, a lot of people talking about autism, and they say, well, uh, we can't do anything about it. Um, It's this, it's that, things like that. But when I was looking at your website, you had how to cure autism. Wrote a book about it, 14 pages. I said, well, this man already got a book on 14 pages, so it must not be that deep. So I said, I want to talk about autism tonight to get it started. You know, we're going to talk about, uh, I got some other subjects for you. I got some um, obesity. I got some vaccines, some prenatal care people want to talk about. And, of course, you know, they want to get a little bit more of that conversation we had last week about the diseases caused by masturbation. And we're not making masturbation easy, I mean, evil, but we just know that some of the effects of it have to be reversed. But first, Doc, could you start and let us know about some of the root causes and what's this uh, problem um, and plague that we have with autism in the United States right now? All right. Um, first of all, as far as autism is concerned, it is um, it is not an incurable disease. That is one thing that you should all know. It is not an incurable disease. And um, because I treat many children who have opti- autism, and uh, the, 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 the result is phenomenal. Um, um, I, I, uh, six weeks ago, I accepted a child for, for treatment. He is uh, eight years old. And his autism is the most dangerous kind very dangerous in the sense that he has that um, he has that urge that desire to run into an oncoming car or an oncoming truck or bus that was this boy's problem and uh, he he thanks thanks to the creator that he has not yet been he has not been knocked down and uh, he was brought to me. And this young boy, after two weeks of treatment, I gave him, I gave him the, the particulate that helps him to, to produce the neurotransmitter for, for self-restraint. Two weeks after the treatment, the grandmother called me and told me that, Dr. Nati, thank you. Thank you for what? We were crossing the street, and the young boy was the one who was holding the grandmother's hand, restraining her, and then the boy was turning, looking left and right mm. before crossing the street. Wow. She could not believe that the boy, the little boy, the nine-year-old boy, was holding her hand firmly and was holding her back until the cars had crossed and passed before they would cross the street. And this has not been reversed, and this continues until this day. 
So now they can go. They, they can be in in their in their in their in their house without without worrying whether the boy uh, is in the street or not. When they go outside, they see him playing very with other children, and the cars will be, will be zooming by, and he will not have that inclination, that desire to run into oncoming cars. So this is one of the extreme cases of autism. There are other there are other symptoms of autism that I will, I will, I will discover, I mean, I will discuss in a, in a little while. Autism is an enzymatic disorder, and it is immunization that causes it. Um, initially, there was a lot of brouhaha about uh, uh, the root cause of autism, but finally, even the United States Congress has admitted that it is vaccination, immunization, that causes autism. So in 1980, in 1980, the federal government set up a fund called the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program to compensate the families of autistic children. Finally, after so many years, the United States government has agreed and has accepted that it is true that immunization causes autism. Mm. Wow. So for, 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 for those of you who thought that uh, uh, vaccines are, are, are safe, the federal government says vaccines are not safe. So what, what, can, what can symptomatic do to help the government, this, what symptomatic can do to help the government is if some parents do not want to vaccinate their children, it is their right to refuse to vaccinate their children. But they must learn how to build their child's immune system so that the immune system will be strong enough to resist the onslaught or the attack of bacteria and viruses. If they refuse to have vaccination or immunization, they must have something to help them to build a strong immune system. And this is where symptometry comes in for those parents. There are many uh, parents who are not vaccinating their children, but they cause symptometry, and then we come and we tell them what to do, and those children are healthy. Some of these children are even healthier than the children who were vaccinated. One thing I would like to let you know about that before we move to autism is that um, um, vaccination has some adjuvants, has some preservatives, and these preservatives will remain in your body forever. They will never leave your body unless you find a symptometrist to break up the, the, to break up the, uh, the, the adjuvant or the preservatives. If you don't, it's going to continue. I am treating a man now who has very dry scalp, very, very dry scalp, very dry hair, and uh, the air sometimes itches. And what am I using to treat this person? I am using the the, the neutralizer 
of aluminum hydroxide. That's what I'm using. So if you're a doctor and you do not know how to neutralize the, the adjuvants of the vaccines, the person's condition will be chronic. What is in the vaccine that causes autism? What is in the vaccine? You have aluminum salts. That is, you have aluminum salts. And we have this, we have this neutralizer in symptometry. We have MSG. People think that MSG is only found, found in Chinese cuisine or in Oriental cuisine. That is not true. There is MSG also in our vaccines. We have potassium chloride. Potassium chloride is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you have yeast protein. You have yeast protein in in the vaccine. You have many women who suffer from chronic yeast infections. They do not know where they got the yeast from. Well, in the long run, if you live on this planet long enough, after 25 years, 30 years, some of this will come to will come to fruition, and you're going to begin to have to suffer from yeast chronic yeast infection. We have formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is known for causing shortness of breath. And this is where asthma comes from. So you may have an autistic child who may not have a, a respiratory problem, but he or she may have other neurological problems. And when the nerve is damaged, you must find a symptometrist to repair that nerve. If not, your disease will be difficult to cure. The idea that autism is incurable does not fly because if you are using the wrong method, you are using the wrong ideas, and you are using the wrong theory, and on top of all this, you are using the wrong therapeutic products, you will never be able to cure autism. And here, here, I was able to cure a child who was running into cars into buses and into trucks within two weeks. So it's not a matter, it's not, it's, so therefore it is not true that autism is incurable. You have to know what to use in order to help the person to produce certain neurotransmitters. If you don't have these tools, then you can say that it is incurable. But a person who has these tools will know that these are curable. So basically, uh, that's what causes autism. On the day of vaccination for those who want to have their children still vaccinated on the day of vaccination they should not give their child something that is acidic don't give your child banana don't give your child apple juice don't give your child orange juice if you do that one of the areas one of the nerves is going to be affected if it is the nerve if it is the optic nerve your child may suffer from dyslexia. If it is some of the other nerves also around the retina, your child will suffer from color blindness. So you have to be very careful. The FDA, the FDA is not there to, 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 to tell parents what to do on the day of vaccination. The FDA's role is to make sure that everything is safe. And then there was a big vacuum 
the vacuum was created because of what happened. And now symptomatics is stepping in to let people know that this is what they are supposed to do so that for those parents who want to have their children vaccinated, they will not suffer the negative effects of acidosis, too much acid in the, in the blood of the child who has been vaccinated. So basically, this, uh, this is in a, in, in a nutshell, this is what uh, the root of autism is. Uh, Dr. Nari, uh you, you mentioned the word earlier, uh, neurotransmitters. So could you explain what neurotransmitters are and how they are you know, relevant to uh, the child's development and, and, and them you know, functioning or having you know, the self-communication uh, with themselves and others after being vaccinated? Yeah, um, neurotransmitters, neurotransmitters are, 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 are brain chemicals. The brain cells have to divide in order to produce these neurotransmitters. But um, the liver the liver will have to produce the raw material, the raw material, the, 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 the amines, and the, these amines are coming from proteins. So the liver will have to, the liver will have to produce this raw material so that the brain can use it. This is how the brain and the liver work together. They work in tandem. These neurotransmitters, these neurotransmitters, don't forget that the nerves, the nerves form the foundation of the human body. We have the nerves and we have the nervous system. So the, it is electricity. It is electricity that runs the entire uh, nervous system. So if you have something that breaks the, the flow or stops or interferes with the flow of electricity, you are going to have a serious problem. So autism, in autism, something is interfering with the flow of electricity within the, brains, within the brain circuitry. This is what causes autism and, and the role of neurotransmitters in this uh, situation. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. Um, the vaccines, that's the, the same thing we be running to is the same thing as that's running us over to the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> I am afraid it is true. It is true. It is true. You see, because, you see, in symptometry, we are promoting healthy longevity. But it is not easy to be healthy day after day, month after month, year after year. You have to, you have to neutralize the, the, the preservatives of the vaccines that are in your body. So you have, you have a, that, this is a tall order by itself. You have to neutralize that. If you don't have a doctor who knows how to neutralize it, well, you continue with your chronic disease. And many people are suffering from spinal conditions, spinal degeneration, and, and aluminum hydroxide is the one that is specifically responsible for spinal degeneration. People suffer from herniated disc. People, are, people wake up one morning, they are paralyzed. They cannot work again. They are disabled. All this coming from aluminum hydroxide. And what is aluminum hydroxide? Aluminum hydroxide is a chemical that is insoluble in water. Insoluble means it does not dissolve. 
something that does not dissolve in water. Don't forget that the human body is 94% water. And here you are, you have something that does not dissolve in water. What will that item or that compound do in the human body? Because it's not, it does not dissolve. It's going to block nutrients from getting to the cells. This is how people suffer from herniated disc and spinal degeneration and paralysis, overnight paralysis. Dr. Nardi, my question is, and this will probably lead you into explaining the difference between symptometry and regular medical professions of the West. Why don't the doctors know this? Why don't the doctors, you know, see this so easily? Because every time you talk about something, you're just talking about it like, oh, it's just right here. Oh, it's right here. Why don't the doctors see this? Why is this, you know what I'm saying, what is this vast difference between symptometry and what kind of medical practice is being taught in the West while um, that's just letting it run rampant? You see, this is one thing that most people are not aware of. They are not aware of this fact. Medical school, medical school, since 2500 BC, when it was first instituted in ancient Egypt, in Alexandria. Medical school is a place for training surgeons, anesthesiologists, diagnosticians, uh, trauma physicians, intensive room care physicians. This is the school that trains these people, these, these professionals. People are not aware that if you want to root cause therapeutics, you don't go to medical school. You don't attend medical school. You attend American College of Symptometry. There has been a big vacuum for thousands of years. So now the spiritual forces said it is time to set up symptometry so that you close this vacuum, you close this gap. Why is it that physicians don't know this? Because all they study in their medical school is anatomy and physiology. Anatomy and physiology. They don't know who a person is. If you want to know who a person is, you have to come to American College of Symptometry, where you where you they would define a person for you as a twelve facet life form. As a person whose DNA is 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 is, is clotted by hindrances, you have to remove these hindrances. Some of these hindrances are hereditary, and others are contemporary. The contemporary ones include vaccines. So, if you attend a school that does not teach you this, you will never be able to know the root cause of autism. Never. So Which, uh, not just autism, but the root cause. So symptomatology of any, any disease, every disease, the root cause of every disease. You see, they are diagnosticians. The, the federal government helped them to buy all these sophisticated equipments to run all kinds of tests. Fine, run the test. But after running the test, you cannot cure the disease. So let them go ahead and run the test, and then they will create business for symptomatology. Mm. <laughs> and then we're going to heal them because I think you said symptometry is going to be here for the next 10,000 years. Was uh, was that a correct quote? Yes, symptometry is here to stay. It's over. Symptometry is not going anywhere. 
you want to fight it, you want to fight it, you'll be lamentably sorry because you'll be buried under a ton of facts. A ton of facts. That's what we like. That's what we say. No opinions. What? Take it to the lab, Doc. Take it to the lab. Um, I want to move on. Let's move on to the next subject. I had uh, okay. Now, now that we on autism and we still on the and we still on children, and you covered how vaccines um, have you know have su- su- such a, a, a role in causing the autism. Can you talk about the science of vaccines? Period. Why do we think that? Well, when the flu time, we know when the flu season comes, we run and get a flu shot. Now the shot is free, and um, you know they want us to. Um, this that just seems backwards to me. If the white blood cells are going to fight off anything that is foreign to the body, why would I need to uh, interject my body with a virus so it'll know what the virus looks like so it can fight it? So can you talk about vaccines and the science of vaccination, you know, and whether um, up or down this is uh, helpful or harmful to us in the United States? Yeah, but you see, I mean, uh, this is uh, this may be new for uh, to a few people, but uh, people who the people who are in the FDA and uh, National Institutes of Health and all that, they are all aware of the downside of vaccines, and there is no science behind vaccines. There is no science behind vaccines. If you want to know how the first vaccine was produced in 1798, Dr. Edward Jenner Jenner studied how people were inoculated. You see, people should know the difference between inoculation and vaccination. I know people should know the difference between inoculation, vaccination, and and immunization. There's a, there's a big difference. Inoculation, Dr. Edward Jenner, because don't forget that I studied vaccines. So Dr. Edward Jenner was, was fascinated by how the Turks were able to, 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 to ward off smallpox very easily. And how did the Turks do that? They did that through the process called inoculation. Under inoculation, when a person is sick with a viral disease, what they did was they, they got a, the, that person's saliva or that, that person's bodily fluid, and then they diluted it and they drank it. This was how they inoculated themselves against the smallpox vaccine. And the Turks were good at that. Sometimes they even drop that into the tea in order to make it more palatable, or they uh, 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 drop it into pineapple juice or something. This was how the Turks were able, were able to, 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 to fight off or prevent uh, uh, the smallpox. A few, a few, a few, a few people, a few people who learned about this, started doing this in Germany and, and, and uh, in France and in Great Britain, and this was how they succeeded. So what did Dr. Edward Jenner do? He decided to use, he saw some similarity between the cowpox and smallpox. So he used, uh, he used a method to introduce uh, uh, cowpox into the children who were suffering from smallpox. 
Okay. He succeeded somehow. But there was another problem. The, the other problem was vaccinosis. Vaccinosis is the kind of inflammation that the entire body suffers after the smallpox vaccine was introduced into, into, the, into the children. The health, the health uh, committee of London had to stop vaccination in 1876. They had to stop it in order to review the method of vaccination. Mm. You see? So the, the history of vaccination dates back to 1798, and the problems with vaccines go as far back as 1856. So the vaccine situation is not new. The pharmaceuticals, the, you see, another thing that you have to understand is, please, bear, bear with the government. Bear with the government. Many children were dying from infant mortality at a very, very high rate. So for a long time, the, the viable workforce of Europe could not even reach one million. The, the whole of Europe could not reach one million. So something had to be done in order to, to save more lives and uh, help people to live longer. So this was where it said there was something good about vaccination. Let us promote it. But let us, let us make sure that people will not be sick. This was how they, 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 they built the first vaccine company in Great Britain. Now, here is the problem. What are you going to use to preserve the vaccine? The, what are you going to use to preserve the vaccine? So the first thing that came to them was mercury. Mercury was making people sick and sick and sick. Okay, if we take out mercury, what are we going to do? Okay, let us try sorbitol. Let us try aluminum hydroxide. Let us try this. Let us try that. Eventually, they, they managed to preserve the vaccine for about a year. Then after a year, the vaccine became, they started breaking down and was turning to a complete health hazard. So this is why in 2005, in Kano, North Nigeria, the chiefs refused to have the children vaccinated for polio because instead of, instead of preventing polio, it was another causing polio. You see? So even here in the United States, don't forget that there was one president, there was one president who suffered from polio. There was one president who suffered from polio. So if you still remember his name, okay, he was in a wheelchair. Roosevelt, okay? He was in a wheelchair. Mm. So if you want, if you, if you want, if you are, if you are talking about the science behind vaccines, I am sorry. There is no science. Because if you are talking about science, science is something that is independently verifiable. Independently verifiable. That is science. So so long as another person cannot verify that what they are doing is right, is healthy, uh, that is no science. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. You, you, um... I got I, I got some more, but you had said something, and and maybe we didn't put it right in the beginning in the gumbo flavor of some of the essences of 
symptometry, and some people may have missed it. You know, you do have that thick African accent, but you said from the spiritual world came symptometry. Now, um, earlier today, I have a friend, and um, she has a, a certain condition, and I told her to call. And most of my friends, they don't have a problem calling, and then I say, well, your father or your mother is... Uh, should call. Your father has a condition. Your mother has a condition, and they and they say, "Oh no, uh, they're not going against anything the doctor says." You know, we're not going against any type of uh, hocus pocus. Because when people start talking about spirituality and healing, they start to think that well, it's not scientific. What do you? What does Doctor Nardi say to these people who want to take spirituality out of the science of symptometry? Well, well, it is too late. They cannot take spirituality out of out of out of that because science comes out of spirituality. Science comes out of spirituality, and when you force, what is force? What is force? Force, force is something that you cannot see, but it exists. That is force. What is pressure? Oh, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, hydrostatic pressure. What is pressure? Pressure is something that exists, but you cannot see. So science has the tangible part that you can see and the intangible part that you cannot see. So the name of the intangible part is soul, spirit, or something else. But it's part of science. And it was the invisible part that gave the visible part what it is today. It is the invisible part that, that made the visible part what it is today. So you cannot dispute that. Uh, you, you cannot say that when a person talks about science, he's only talk about what is in the laboratory. You take something from modern nature first before you take it to the laboratory. And the laboratory, in the laboratory, is going to be what? A control condition. Control condition, control environment does not give you all the answers. If you want all the answers, you go back to modern nature. You are in contact with the invisible. So if symptometry is able to cure diseases that physicians are not able to cure, it is because symptometry is the, 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 the confluence the meeting point between the physical and the non-physical, the tangible and the non-tangible. Those people who do not want to have anything to do with symptometry, I am sorry. The disease will be chronic until they die. It's as simple as that. I'm not missing words. The physicians themselves, physicians themselves are sick. Except those physicians who have come to the realization that there is something beyond what you see in the, in the lab. There is something beyond what you see under the microscope. I know, I know, I know a man, for instance, whose wife was suffering from cancer, and their wife was vomiting and vomiting. Somebody, another physician told her, if you want to save your wife's life, why don't you call Dr. Nati? Why don't you call Dr. Nati? Why don't, if you want to save your, your wife's life, why don't you call Dr. Nati? 
Oh no no no! no. Uh, I I don't I don't I don't believe I don't believe in this. I don't believe in anything that uh, uh, that, uh, that 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 a physician is not do is, is, is that uh, it's not a physician who is doing it. The person must be a physician. All right, the person must be a physician. It is too sad. The wife died. The wife died just because she had a husband who was downright stubborn and complete ignorant. That's it. The wife was chained by her own ignorant husband. Here is a husband who is not aware that the human body is not made of pharmaceutical drugs. The human body is made of 94% water and 6% nutrients. Dr. Nardi, could you uh, speak on the importance of nurturance then that you speak of the husband being uh, basically uninformed of the benefits of, of using symptometry and, and knowing about root cause therapeutics and how even though someone can 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 use can can use symptometry, but if they but they also have to include in the, the nurturing aspect of it. You talk about that. About about what nurturing? Yes, nurturing. Yes. Yeah, you see, this is exactly what I was saying about um, um, the confluence where um, um, the tangible and the intangible um, uh, parts um, of, of of the world of the human being. Uh, meet. When people think that um, when a person is sick, um, that person will need a therapeutic product. Not necessarily. There are many situations where a person does not need a therapeutic product at all. There are situations where I tell people that, listen, you are suffering from fibroids, Okay, this is what I will do for you. 50% of this treatment is going to come from the particulars I'm going to give you. But the remaining 50% will have to come from positive impulses that you have to get from your husband, from your boyfriend, from a positive source, and you have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset. You have to change your personal philosophy of life. So that when your cells are dividing, they will be using positive impulses. This is what you do. You see, you see where the intangible helps a person to be healthy. But you have to know how to do that. Nurturing is the process of bringing out the best in a person. That is nurturing. Parents will have to learn how to nurture their children. Praise them. You know, say good things about them. Don't put them down all the time. Don't say that they are useless. They are, don't say they are good for nothing. Bring the best out of them. And it's after bringing the best out of them that you see that their personality will begin to shape up in the right direction. Women need nurturing from their husbands. Girls, girlfriends need nurturing from their boyfriends. Parents need nurturing from their children. Grandparents need, need nurturing from their, 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 their children and their grandchildren. So this is how you, this is how nurturing plays a great role 
in making a person optimally healthy. It is not just a matter of nutrition, eat, your, eat, eat the right foods, but you also need a positive atmosphere around you. Sense of encouragement from time to time. That's what nurturing is, bringing out the best in a person. Amsu, that was a great question. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Nardi. Thank you, Amsu, for that question. So as my understanding, positive energy that cannot be seen but can be expressed and can be felt will contribute to the healing of a person along with recommendations from symptometry. That's correct. This is where this is where you have the positive, you know, you have the tangible and the intangible. That is science. That is science. If you go into a science, if you go into a science lab right now, what are you going to do? You are going to you are going to measure you are going to measure energy. You are going to measure force. You are going to measure wavelength and all that. You don't see wavelengths. You don't see vibrations, but they are, they exist. They are there. That is science at its best. Mm. That's right, because you can't measure them. That's right. Just like you can't see your weight, or you may see your mass, but when it gets on the scale, it's really measuring the gravitational pull of your body on planet Earth. Mm. Y'all listening to Dr. Nardi from Symptometry.com, S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Can I get somebody to drop it in the chat room for me? The call-in number is 347-205-9089. The lines are open. If you want to get a question or a comment in, you need to go ahead and press 1 or give us a call. Um, I still got a couple more questions, but I want y'all to go ahead and start lining up so I can give y'all a chance to talk to Dr. Nardi. He will be in Greensboro on April the 14th. April the 14th, Greensboro, North Carolina. He'll be in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. So make your way to get there, 916th Street at the uh, Greensboro Creative Center. Uh, the zip code is 27405 if you want to GPS it. Go over and check out the website. Appreciate that. My art sesh over there working hard for us in the chat room. And um, I'm going to be there. I thought I was going to be in Philly for something, but I had to, I had to get myself together and be like, wait a minute, I'm double booked that weekend. I got to see. I got to make sure I'm in the place seeing Dr. Nardi. Um, yeah, well, and, I, and, and I'm going to be in the place, Dr. Nardi, every time I go somewhere, I'm always talking about meditation. So before I ask the next question, I think the next, next person had a question talking about um, fetal health. I want to talk about uh, meditation for just a second. Um, the importance of proper breathing is that to be is that ignored in um, in symptometry or is it encouraged? You know, because I know you know chest breathing promotes more production of adrenaline, where uh, slow regulated breathing down beneath the abdomen helps release serotonin. Um, what uh, what say Dr. Nardi and the School of Symptometry about meditation? Meditation is un- meditation is very important because it helps. Not you you only tell, you're talking about okay breathing and all that, but uh, it also releases a lot of um, a lot of 
um, and no epinephrine, which comes from the adrenal gland. It helps the person to relax. And then two, it enhances focusing. But unfortunately, there are some people who are so um, enzyme deficient that when they sit down to meditate, their mental screen is full of all kinds of images and caricatures and all that, and uh, they cannot meditate properly. When you want to meditate, make sure that your mental screen is really blank and you don't have any interferences. It is, don't forget that uh, when there are no interferences, that is when you release a lot of spiritual forces from within. So meditation, meditation is not, is not rejected by symptometry. It is encouraged by symptometry. It is encouraged by symptometry. Because we always talk about the intangible. And if you meditate, you are deep into the intangible. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. Now, that one thing you said for me was big because people tell me all the time, they say, well, Kyrie, I'm trying to sit down, but I can't quiet my mind. I got all these things going on. And you exactly. They don't produce enough enzyme, the enzyme deficiency? That's correct. They are very enzyme deficient. Because when I was doing transcendental meditation, I used to have that problem because don't forget that uh, many years ago when I was uh, in a drought zone and uh, I was trying to find my bearings, I didn't know where to go to in order to, in order to heal myself. I tried everything. <laughs> and uh, even I could not concentrate at all, you see. So I was very enzyme deficient at that time, yes. Wow. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. So now, I mean, is there a, is each enzyme deficiency that causes the block in meditation, is it, that, is it able to be treated um, oh, across yes. oh, yes. the board, yes. or, or does it have to be, or, uh, um, do, um, do people have to start um, cutting back on the diet, or do they have to, or has it be independently uh, treated? Um, we have the neurotransmitter for focus. The person who has to produce the neurotransmitter for focus. At the same time, the person's adrenal gland will have to be ionized so that it produces enough of enough of norepinephrine for relaxation. You know, if you do, if these two are not released, your breathing will not be proper, and uh, the release of serotonin will not be properly done. So meditation is a science by itself. Hmm. Thank you, Dr. Nardi, because I definitely would love to have a meditation before you get started, just like what I call emptying people's cups, because you have a lot of information, and then people come in, and they may have, you know, they've been working all week, and they're full of, full of toxins, just full of them, even mental toxins, physical toxins, and I think sometimes a nice meditation before we start to do a workshop really brings people to a level of calmness and relaxation because they're in an environment where other people are doing it. So I really look forward to that on April the 14th. Thank you. Um, somebody uh, also had a question about fetal, fetal health, and I think her question was about um, when the mother smokes while she's pregnant or hormonal shifts in the preteens. Um, to me, that's a no-no. Smoking while you're pregnant, anyway. 
Um, but people do it because they may not even know that I'm pregnant when they get maybe to their first trimester. And so they smoked, I don't know whether it be cigarettes or marijuana, um, through the first trimester of pregnancy. Can you talk about the effects or um, how can symptometry come and help reverse some of those effects um, from, or how can we Im- improve upon fetal health? Because I remember, I think maybe two weeks ago, you talked about if you want to learn symptometry, you're going to have to learn prenatal care. Yes, that is true. Uh, in symptometry, we do we do what is called uh, pregnancy management. That is that is that is a must-do course. Every every symptomatist has has to study pregnancy management. And uh, I think this is the this is the second or third year of uh, symptometry. And uh, the reason is our objective is to make as many people as as possible healthy on this planet. And you can only start this by educating the woman on how to properly nourish herself and nourish um, um, her fetus. If the woman does not know how to do this, then there will be a problem with the child who is coming to this world. And some of these children um, um, have will have health problems. And instead of addressing these health problems at the cellular level, at the root level, they will be given to people who don't know anything about uh, reversing the condition at the cellular level, and then the problem is going to be worse. So what we do in pregnancy management is to ensure that women who are, who, women who are pregnant don't have any cravings. We, we, we treat these cravings by helping them to produce the right enzymes. Don't forget that there are some women who are so anim- anemic during pregnancy that uh, they eat charcoal, they eat clay. Uh, some of them even eat dirt. You see, these are indigestibles. Some call it pica, others call it psyca. Um, that's not good because you are not feeding the child the right, uh, giving the child the right nutrition. This is going to affect the child's development. As a result, well, some children may be born stunted with very little growth. This is what we are trying to, uh, to, to stop. Alcoholism. We, are, we, we, we stop that. We stop alcoholism. And I will be discussing, on, uh, I will be discussing in, uh, during one of the symposiums in, uh, uh, in North Carolina, uh, uh, cravings and addictions. The pregnant woman who, who is craving all these oddities um, ca- cannot help it. She has so many receptors in, her, in, her, in the hippocampus of her brain that uh, she, has to, she, has to, she has to eat it. She has to yield to that desire. And when she yields to that, she yields to that desire, the baby is going to suffer. Other cravings Include, include chocolate. You know, chocolate uh, for a pregnant woman is not recommended. It will make it will, and the, the aluminum hydroxide in uh, in chocolate is going to make the the the, 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 the woman's blood too too alkaline, and that's going to cause alkalosis. 
blood is going to flow very slowly. And when blood flows very slowly, uh, certain parts of the body will not develop on time. You know, you have the trophoblast. The trophoblast is a group of specialized cells that build the, a human being, a person in the womb, from, from, from start to finish. It's the human builder in the womb. And it works on a special timetable. In week one, in week two, or in month one, month two, month three, these particular nutrients are supposed to be in the body. If they are not, they are going to shut it down and move on to the next one. And this is how children are born with a hole in their heart. There's some children are born with a cleft palate, and so on and so forth. So the woman, what we do in, our, in symptometry is, we, in the, during the uh, pregnancy uh, management, we tell the woman that in, in the fourth month, you are supposed to be eating this. In the fifth month, you are supposed to be eating that, and so on and so forth. This is how we prevent uh, premature birth. This is how we prevent all kinds, of, all kinds of oddities in the child before the child is born. So fetal health and fetal nutrition, is, uh, they, they are integral parts of symptometry. We have both the mother and the child to be optimally healthy. The mother should not consume uh, 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 soy milk, and the mother should not consume any soy product. If she does, she's going to have her, 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 her glands in her, in her breast will dry up, or they'll be full of milk, but at the same time, they'll, full of, they'll be so many blockages that the milk will not be able to flow then they will have to find a symptometrist to ionize these blockages, these dep deposits or calcifications, so that milk is able to flow again. Sometimes, too, the milk, the quality of the breast milk is so bad that the child will not like to suck it. If the child sucks it, the child's body is going to be poisoned. So this is why some children refuse to suck breast milk. They have to come to symptometry in order to reverse that. If they cannot, if they do not come to symptometry, well, uh, the, the child uh, may end up having uh, very strange uh, skin diseases. So this is why uh, we, 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 we give uh, great importance to uh, fetal nutrition. So then after the child is born, then the diet has to continue on a, a certain schedule or certain types of food for for the development of a of a baby of a young child, and um, could you uh, talk could you could you talk about how things such as uh, boiled eggs affect a young child, Doctor Larry? Yeah, um, as as. Uh, you remember as when, as when I talk about chocolate during pregnancy and how it causes alkalosis, the same thing also applies to boiled egg because boiled egg is too alkaline. It's too alkaline. So we, 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 we help the, the new mother, I mean the, 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 uh, the new mother and the infant, um, how to eat properly. We help the mother how to eat properly so that she, in turn, Will be able to be of greater service and greater uh, greater help to to, to the infant. Um, boiled egg 
we recommend that uh, boiled eggs not be eaten because it is too it is too alkaline. And then in addition to that, uh, certain acidic foods should not be eaten. Um, we don't encourage that we we don't encourage women to uh, drink lemonade or lime juice or or even to drink sodas because uh, this will cause chelation in the baby also. Now you have some children who are who are born uh, bow legged, bow legged, and uh, there's some children who have very defective bones and defective. Uh, gums and so on and so forth and when they start uh, 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 developing uh, teeth when they start teething then you see that uh, some of the, the, the teeth are, are, are crooked already you see and that is not that's not good so that's what we are trying to to correct so the the the, the work of symptometry is 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 bigger than that than 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 it is anticipated yeah, we are covering so many fields uh, when it comes to health, that uh, uh, when I say we'll be around for the next 10,000 years, uh, that is not a joke. Uh, we know exactly what we are talking about. I really appreciate that, Dr. Nardi, because sometimes when you are changing the, really what you're talking about is changing some of the genetics that have all that have changed. We used to have a stronger gene, and then then over the generations, three, four, five generations, the gene has gotten weaker. And so now with symptometry, we have to get out of the habit of doing bad. Like right now, I call it we in the habit of weakness. So we just make an excuse and say, oh well, you know, my mother got this hysterectomy, so I'm gonna have to get a hysterectomy. And I'd be like, well, how old are you? She said, I'm 38. I'm just going to get a partial hysterectomy. I said, that doesn't make any sense. You know, what what did they do before they had hysterectomies? Obviously, the gene was strong. So mm-hmm. now that's what we have to do is for the babies and for the babies' babies is pass the science down. So we can so we can open up so we can open up some healings and make some changes because it's not going to happen overnight. I do have our first caller for you tonight, Dr. Nardi. Uh, the lines are three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. If you want to get your call in, just call in, press one, and I'll see you in the queue, and we'll get you on. Um, or you can. I, I prefer you not to put it in in the um, chat. I'd rather you call in. But if you can't call in right now, you're multitasking. Just drop it in there, and I'll ask. Uh, caller from the seven three two eight eight one. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Peace. This is my aunt Sess, and I'm calling from New Jersey. Peace. How you doing, big bro? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just. I'm just loving the show. You know, I just had a a few questions, but I'm. Just, I'm just. I'm just loving like the opportunity for this because, you know, as we know, it's, it's not taught at. It's not taught at schools. It's not taught at home, and you know, I had a grandmother, you know, who who died of preventable diseases. So it was really good just to just to listen to this and 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 be able to take it in. And can you tell Dr. Nardi how old you are, please? Me, I'm I'm, I'm I just turned 24. I'm 24 years old. Okay. See, we get see, we getting them young, Dr. Nardi. I'm pulling them in young. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this question right here. Go ahead. I want to I I, I want to hear the uh, the questions you got too. So go ahead. Okay. Um, 
You know, I thought I, I had a few questions about like four things. The the first one, since we're on it, um, how long do you think a woman should breastfeed? Because I know a lot of people just get sick of it. They say I can't do it for more than two weeks. It hurts. I'm not gonna do it. How long do you recommend that a woman should uh, breastfeed? Minimum minimum six months. Okay. Um, next one, um, what is your take on on tampons? Because I, I was recently reading an article and it talked about, you know, the bleach in it and the, the chemicals. Oh, I think I think I I discussed this. Maybe you were you uh, you were not part of the audience uh, when we okay, first uh, did discussed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, I said it has a lot of talc, a lot of asbestos. A lot of asbestos, and uh, as, asbestos disturbs the, the the endometrial lining to cause endometriosis. You heard of many women who are suffering from endometriosis, you see, and uh, endometriosis and endometrial cancer and uh, all kinds of abnormalities in their uterus, polyps on the in their uterus, and all that. All this comes from tampons. Wow. So I recommend if you have your girlfriend or so, uh, make sure that she's using pads instead of using tampons. That's real. Um, my my last two. And, and please, uh, please. Uh, another reason that people, uh, some women use tampons is because of heavy bleeding, and uh, their the, 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 the menstrual cycle is very very heavy. So they think that by using tampons. That absorbs a lot of this uh, blood, and uh, they, they will be healthier. No, that is not true. A woman who is ble- who bleeds heavily, uh, please help that. Uh, make sure that that woman calls um, symptometry for for help. We have we have uh, products available to to ionize the blockages in the entire uterus so that uh, the bleeding is not as heavy as uh, as it as it's supposed to be. Definitely. Um, my second to last question is, is I don't know if you touched on it, um, it's about fasting. Um, does, does fasting, particularly, um, I guess, on, on water, does, would, would that make a difference or help in our health? Okay. Um, I, am treating, I, am treating, I am treating bishops. I'm treating many uh, members of the clergy who have an enlarged heart. And don't forget that pyridoxin, pyridoxin is one of the B vitamins, very valuable B vitamin, that is responsible for maintaining the structure of the heart. And when you fast, the first vitamin that leaves the human body is pyridoxin. And if pyridoxin leaves the body, uh, this will go on for a long time, and eventually, what's going to happen? The person is going to suffer from, have an enlarged heart. The person is going to have an enlarged heart. So this is why I recommend fasting. But after fasting, you have to know exactly the you have to know the kinds of foods you have to eat. Then you have to know the kinds of vitamins you have to take. And if you do not know the kind of vitamins you have, if you don't want to take vitamins, um, I will show you how to prepare yogurt. So that you have the right kind of, so that your enteric bacteria will produce the right kind of B vitamins for you. 
So mm-hmm. I, I encourage fasting. Yes, it is. It's a good. It's, it's a good way of uh, getting rid of uh, uh, a, a certain a certain amount of debris and toxins from from the blood. That is true. But you have to know how to fast scientifically, so that you 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 you, you get the benefits, the maximum benefits from uh, the, the the process, the practice. Absolutely. And my last question was. Um, have you heard of uh, shock showers? The showers where you know you have the water warm and then you turn it to cold. Um, I've heard that those are beneficial for your health. Do you think that's true? No, no, no. Because you, I, I, I like the work. I like the word shock. I like the word shock. Yes, but it is not true that it is good for the body because you have traumatized your tissues. You have traumatized your tissues. In the long run, you pay heavily for traumatizing your tissues. Tissue that is traumatized will not be healthy in the long run. That's deep. That's deep. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a comment about fasting, and, and this is really, um, you know, a personal. Uh, Testimony basically for myself. I remember years ago, probably was a young brother's age at the time, and I had started fasting and didn't know anything, of course, about symptometry. And you know, I was you know very athletic, and I and I would fast, and then I would wonder, after you know, after a certain amount of times after fasting, why my heart would beat just like I would go into tachycardia. You know, my That's heart right. beat, right. beat, beat really, really, really fast, and I was thinking that I was getting healthier but it felt like wow i mean if i keep if i keep doing this my chest my heart's gonna bounce out of my chest so um now i'm just seeing the, the verification of, of what you say you know perhaps if somebody walks around but if they want to you know participate in athletic activities it may not be so um beneficial and and, and then also with the buildup of lactic acid it's, it's like a creating a, a time bomb thing but uh that was just me Seeing how something makes you know coming together so so quickly, right? But just by him asking that question. You see, there are some people who think that uh, they will develop spiritually faster if they fast. You know, there are some people who who think that uh, the path to spiritual development is through fasting. Well, they still have they they still have uh, some some ways to go. You cannot develop spiritually if you are a wicked person. You, you cannot fast and then uh, then you go to, and then start uh, and then curse people the next day. You know you can't do that. Appreciate that, uh, Ma. You got any other questions? That's it. I just want to thank uh, Dr. Nardi. You know, I want to thank uh, thank you, Coach, and. You know, just 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 keep teaching because I'm going to keep learning, and it's, it's, there's a lot of young people out there that are want to hear uh, symptometry and are interested. Well, I want you to call Dr. Nardi tomorrow, introduce yourself, 
and uh, let them take care of any little thing that you may have. You may not even have a grave illness like me and my mama were talking about tonight. I said, well, I'm, I'm fine-tuning my vessel over here. <laughs> I'm going to just put some fine-tuning on it. I ain't nowhere near the grave right now, but I still want it to be running at optimal peak performance. I, I, I'd rather have it needed than needed and not have it. You feel what I'm saying? And with you yeah. at 24, with you at 24, I'm saying you so far ahead. You so far ahead. I know sometimes you look at me or Dr. Nardi or Brother Amsu and say, man, they got all that knowledge. We didn't have it at 24. If I'd <laughs> had this kind of start at 24, it would be called it would be called the United States of Kair right now. <laughs> so I encourage you to talk to the brother, get the books that he has, get your read on. I know you're an avid reader. You have to have these in your library. That's what I just got today. You know what I'm saying? So you can just imagine how I felt. You know, American College of Symptometry, the originator, and then what to consume, and what was my other one I got today? How to become a good symptometry student. You know, all those um, all, all those things came in for me to be able to, being able to start plot my life and knowing when to take my particulars and what kind of bottle I put them in. It's such a fine science. The brother said, if you let them, if you touch the part, the particulate in your hand and put it back in the bottle, you're gonna contaminate the rest of the bottle because the hands are always full of bacteria. We never think of that. Yeah, you wow. guys. What you say, Am Sue? Place another order. No, I ain't placing another order. No, no, I'm following directions. I'm getting ready to run to the store and get me. I'm using wood spoons in here right now. I couldn't even find no plastic spoons. I'm in here using wooden spoons. I know he said plastic and underlined it for a reason, so I said, well, I'm going to use wooden spoons. I don't have no plastics, but I bet you in the morning when I get up, I have some plastics. Okay. All right, I appreciate it, my art. I'm going to put you back on hold, all right? I'm I'm going to put you back on mute, but you ain't got to hang up because you know we got the after party coming up. All right, thank you. All right, yeah, peace. Yeah. Uh, caller from the 216-314. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? My name is Ikula Tammy. I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Is that Akua Tammy? Yes. That's A-K-U-A? R-E-K-U-A. All right. Thank you. How can, um how you enjoying the show tonight thus far? Um, I got in a little late, but I'm enjoying it. Um, so I, I wanted to make a comment to, uh, I think the brother's name was Mayat, the one from New Jersey who just, or who's on the line. Okay. Um, he had a comment about um, tampons, and I just sort of wanted to share a personal experience in working with Dr. Narte and, and tampons. And... Um, I am a heavy bleeder or had been a heavy bleeder and and so and very athletic working out so <clears throat> for convenience I did the tampons and I was at like two supers plus uh, a pad too so I mean heavy bleeder um I'm a teacher so I don't have the luxury of always going to the bathroom when my body needs to go to the bathroom and so these are just sort of the things that I did to um, make it through the day. Uh, start working with Dr. Narte, and he. Um, I have uh, some some fibroids and things like that. So he prom made me promise never to use tampons again. 
never used tampons. So I'm like, you just don't understand. I can't go through a day, da-da-da, whatever. Um, it, it just, he said, you have to. You have to. And so always reading the inserts about the toxic shock and just sort of kind of every time using them, hoping, praying that I never had any of those symptoms. Um but my body was so contaminated and congested, I probably was having the symptoms but did not really know that. So at any rate, um, I started working with Dr. Narte as far as getting the particulates and him cleansing my body, noticed some major changes. One huge one stands out. A little graphic, but I'll be as clear as can be. Um, well, this original native radio, you can say what you want to say. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was getting in the shower one day, had been on probably like maybe two months or two cycles or so of, of the particulates, and um, a I felt something sharp in my vagina, and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on here, you know? Did I forget to take a piece of plastic off? I mean, I'm just, like, wrap, trying to wrap my brain around it. Reached down, pulled out this piece of plastic, and I, I was just, like, dumbfounded. So I went on, took my shower, uh, promptly got out the shower, called Dr. Narte, told him what was going on. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening here? Um, and basically this little piece, I took pictures of it, this little piece of plastic unfolded to be about the size of my index finger, like that long, and when I, you know, unpeeled it. And basically, uh, and Dr. Narte, you may want to step in here or whatever, but he said that was like the buildup of all the toxins and the, you know, asbestos and the asbestos, body yeah. heat mm -hmm. turns into plastic and oof. Uh, we don't use tampons anymore. And I tell everybody that I see and that I know, don't use them. And, you know, I, I shared with the women my, my story. This thing came out of me. So imagine what it was doing inside of me and what it would have continued to do had I continued to use the tampons and, you know, heavy bleeding. Now, fast forward, having been on since August working with Dr. Narte and the particulates, I um, now... Um, as a matter of fact, yesterday finished my cycle, and it was um, not as heavy. And on my second, third day, it's pretty heavy, but it's very different than how it was before. I can tell my body is healing. It was very dark, um, and now it's much more bright, vivid red, so that lets me know a lot of oxygen is in my uterus, and so I'm, I'm thrilled. But so my aunt tell any women you know, don't use the tampons and you know, just it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I definitely will. Thank you. What what inspired that I was on a, a website and you know, someone was talking about uh tampons. There was an ad or there was an article talking about um how they could be bad for you. And I told her about this chemical that I read about a long time ago called uh, dioxin. I'm not sure what it does, but but she insisted. She said, oh, that's bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I, do, I just thought... Did you say dioxin? I, yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Dioxin dioxin, dioxin, dioxin causes cancer. That, that's what causes endometrial, endometrial cancer. Okay. 
and the combination of asbestos and dioxin, I mean, you, you can't escape it. You are going to have cancer somewhere in the ovary, in the uterus, somewhere. You are going to have cancer. It's automatic. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's automatic. That's that's deep. Like the 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 article was about um there being mold inside of the tampon, inside of the the absorbent part when someone opened it. And you know, I just was telling her that it's you know really bad for you, but she said you know it's bad, but you know she's. She said they're cheap and comfy, so she's going to do that. <laughs> she was comfortable. Hey. You see, well, what, is, what is happening now is those people did not know where to go, but now they have symptometry. They have somewhere to go. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, you know. and... and Another book that that gives you, uh, um, I do reading on the radio or whatever, and a book that I'm reading that talks about all the toxins in the world is called Our Toxic World by Doris Rapp, Doris Doctor uh, Doris J Rapp, and it's it will blow your mind just of you know things that are around. And it talks about dioxin too, and the fertilizers, and the herbicides, and the insecticides, and for everything and how it's just so pervasive and, you know, it goes into the government and how with the EPA and the CDC and how they're just like an extension of one another because, you know, it's not really two different institutions because you have all the experts from one working with the others and the different scientists from the different. So it, it's it's an eye-opener. Um, it gives you voice to, of you know, things you can do to just sort of kind of find out more information. But, People who are having um, illness um, and they can't explain why they're sick, this can help answer. And then, you know, along with talking with Dr. Narte as well. Uh, and as being a teacher, I just, I look out into my classroom and I just sort of kind of shake my head because I'm in a high poverty area. So we know that they're not eating right. Um, or they're, what they're choosing to eat or what they're being fed is not nutritious at all. So, you know, they're just passing through, going through the process of masticating because there is no nutrition in some of the the stuff that I see these kids bring in and what they eat. And whoever invented hot Cheetos, I wish they would just go away. <laughs> Those things are just horrible, but that is like the end food um, now. Um, but I always share with them you know, like, I don't eat that, and, and I tell them why, because they need to hear it, and they probably will never, ever hear anyone telling them why different things are not good for them. Um, so, Absolutely. at any rate. What was the name of that? Support. What was that? What was the name of the uh, book that you said by George P.? Uh, Doris, D-O-R-I-S. Okay, Doris. J, yes, J. Her middle initial rap R A P P. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's called Our Toxic World. Okay, thank you. That's the main title. It has some subtitles, but you'll find it with that. And then, of course, by 
all of Dr. Nanti's books. I know that's right. <laughs> Get everything Dr. Nardi got a hold of. I thank you, sister, for calling in with that testimony, and thank you for listening to um, Original Native Radio. This is my first time hearing you on the line tonight, so you know what we got to do for you, right? Just that. I've been listening. I, I've listened before. <laughs> Was that an ovation? Oh, absolutely. Standing ovation. We got the applause, too. <laughs> <laughs> I had some problems. I tried listening through my computer, um, I think that was last week or two weeks ago maybe, and um, I kept losing you guys. I'm not sure why. It would just sort of kind of go blank. So I'm I'm on my cell phone today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a little Mercury in retrograde, but you got to catch the astrology report on another show. I'm, I'm soon. I'll be mixing some tometry with cosmophysics, but not tonight. So make sure you stay tuned, and I appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, now I'm just gonna mute your mic, but uh, you, you don't have to hang up, though. Okay. Thank you. All right, thank you. Call from the nine four one six two three. Your mic is live. Can I get your name and where you calling from, please? There we Call go. Peace, bro. Peace, peace, Miles. How's it going? All is well, all is well. Uh, good evening, Dr. Nardi. Oh, good evening, sir. Yeah, it's Jonathan from um, Sarasota, Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I just had a, um, just a quick question, kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, I don't know, I missed the first part of the show. Did you express anything about hair loss or anything? <laughs> don't uh, crab. <laughs> <laughs> no. I say stay away from crab. Crab, crab meat, crab. So, crab. so, 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 so he, he's he's telling you, he's telling you from he's telling you the truth. Uh, stay away from scavengers. Ah, shrimp, shrimp, yeah, yeah. Crabs, king crabs, clams. Oh, yep, oh, yep, yep, yeah, because they produce very tough debris. They produce very tough debris. You know, don't forget that uh, they, they, their protein, their protein is very tough. Their protein is very tough, just like the protein of every scavenger, even the bear. A bear's protein is tougher. You know, a pig's protein is tougher. So uh, their tough protein reacts with salt in blood to produce very, very tough debris. And this debris will be shoved by blood to certain weak spots. And if your weak spot is in your head, inside your, inside your skull, um, you, are going to have, you are going to have a layer, a layer of tough debris in that part of your body. And then this is going to uh, cut off circulation to your hair follicles. This is what causes hair loss. So if you come to me in order to reverse hair loss, I will give you particulates that will ionize, that will that will that will turn the the debris into liquid, into fluid, or into water, so that you can urinate it. But uh, it will it will not be done overnight. It will done 
to be uh, stretched over a number of months. But eventually, it will be done. Eventually, it will be done. But in the meantime, you have to stop eating scavengers, and then you have to start eating the right foods. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, You're welcome, sir. Next question. Um, contributing to men's health, you have noticed a lot of older men, they have a lot of knee problems, lower back problems. Uh, they may start wearing glasses as they get older, along with the hair loss. I was thinking, um, does that in any way contribute to, like, over um, too much sex, too much releasing of your, of your, you know, semen throughout the years? Does that contribute to any way directly to, like, knees and lower back pain as, as you get older? Okay. Um, one thing, one thing I will advise. One thing I will tell you is uh, higher luronic acid. Higher luronic acid is produced is produced uh, by uh, the prostate, and uh, it is it is produced once every three to four days. So if you want to have intercourse, I would recommend that you have it one. To, I mean every every maybe once or twice a week. But don't have it. Don't have it every day or every other day. If you do that, you are going to you are going to you are going to have a prostate problem in the future. You are going to have because you are you are you are overtaxing your prostate gland. Mm-hmm. You are overtaxing your prostate gland, and if your prostate gland is overtaxed, the amount that is being that is being uh, taken out um, is. Is, is 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 bigger is 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 bigger than the amount that is taken in, and if you don't know how to properly nourish your prostate gland, you end up having an enlarged prostate and eventually prostate cancer. So you have to be very very careful. So yeah, uh, I treat people who have uh, who are sexually promiscuous, and then and then I help them by decongesting their nerves. The, the three nerves that you maybe you might have you might not have been here last time. Uh, the uh, cavernous nerve, the cutaneous nerve. I have them to and the dorsal nerve. I have them to to decongest that, and then this balances out the amount of uh, higher luronic acid that the prostate gland produces. And so, as far so, as uh, as far as the knees and all that goes, don't forget don't forget that. Energy distribution in the human body is very important. You know, you have sexual energy, then you have mental energy. You have to balance the two. If you have, if you have uh, uh, too much sex, uh, your mental energy will be depleted, and this is also going to deplete energy in other parts of the body, especially the joints. Mm-hmm. So, in the human body, this applied quantum physics. In the human body. Emptiness does not exist. Therefore, where optimal energy was supposed to be present, and now it is not, what will blood do? Blood will shove blockages into that area. This is where you begin to have knee problems. Then knee problems will be liver problems. And then liver problems and knee problems will be brain problems, pituitary gland problems, because the growth hormone will have to be released so that it stimulates the cells before the cells can divide. And if your pituitary gland is not releasing the growth hormone, then here you are. Then they say, oh, well, uh, it's only from arthritis. It's old age. There is no such thing as old age. 
There is no such thing as disease associated with old age. I, right. I, I, at my age, I'm healthier now than when I was 18 years old. I'm healthier than when I was 22, 23, 32, 34 years old. Whew, what a talk. <clears throat> Man. <laughs> that deserves an applause, Kaya. Hey, hey, in the building, buddy. In the building. So, uh, thank you. That's all I have for the moment. All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate that, Miles. Whew, that was a good one right there about that prostrate, how we how we talked about spilling our seed last week. But let me just keep on with the callers. I'm doing good tonight. Uh, if you want to give us a call in tonight, the calling number is 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. We're on the line with Dr. Maxwell Nardi, founder, creator, head administrator, of symptometry, www.symptometry.com, symptometry.com. He's going to be in Greensboro, North Carolina at the Greensboro uh, Creative Place. I think, what, Amps, who's that it? It's the, the Creative Center. The Greensboro Creative Center, 916th Street in Greensboro on April 14th. Book your rooms now. I got a caller from the 602-446. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Your mic is wide open. Uh, this is Brother Taicho calling from Chicago, Illinois. What's going on, Brother Taicho? Thanks for calling in tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, beloved. How you doing? All is well. All is well. I'm glad to hear that. I got a question for the good doctor. All right. Yes, sir. Um, now, as far I know you've traveled a lot, doctor. Um, as far as uh, in your travels, what are um, what are some of the places that you experienced the, the less toxicity as far as food and environment, water? What are some of the places that you've been through on your travels that you experienced the least amount of toxicity? Because I know the I know you know the devil just terrorized the planet. But uh, there are still some places that uh, have not been really too tampered with. So, well, um, it, 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 is, it is surprising. It is surprising that uh, it, I would not like to. I would not like to generalize. There are places in Milan, in Milan, Italy, that uh, mm. the, that that are very, very, very healthy. I mean, that is. Uh, I don't know whether it's next to paradise. If there's ever such a thing as paradise, but. Uh, People are very, very uh, friendly, and then the water, the quality of the water is is clean. I mean, is great, and the food and the people eat scientifically. And uh, I, mean, I can't in understand. Italy? You said Milan. Yes, Italy? yes, yes. In a, in a part of in a part of Milan. Yes, yes. Hmm. Yes, yes. Are there, and, are there uh, brothers and sisters out there? No, this, this was this was what this was what was shocking because uh, they did not look at me with uh, I mean uh, I mean clearly, but because I had a different uh, skin color, but they, they they were rather interested in what I had to offer. What, what was my perspective on this, on that? And uh, even though I did not speak uh, Italian, I mean 
uh, a few of them who spoke English came in, and then they, they, they spoke English with their Italian accent, which was also very, very beautiful. But their water, their water, their tap water was clean. Mm. Tap water was clean. Mm, okay. So now, this uh, is a place. Uh, this you is can a taste place. the difference of the tap water in America versus in uh, in Italy. Oh yes, yes. They are certain parts. You know, they are certain parts. They are certain parts of the United States where. I will, I will not drink. I will not drink the tap water. No way. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, oh man. So Italy, so do, you, if, do you have a? So, so, you have so, like so a, now, so now you now this has, mm-hmm. this helps to explain longevity in certain parts of Italy. This helps to explain longevity. You see, mm. people are, people are optimally healthy, and these are people even who do not have particulates to help them. So here is my question. What are they? I wish I had enough time to, to study and understand these people. You know, what, 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 what they are eating. And they, they, eat, they eat greens. They eat very little meat. They eat fish. Because they are not too far from the Mediterranean. They eat fish. They don't eat, they, they don't eat too much meat. And the amount of meat that they eat is very small. This was where, this was where, I, this was where I decided to study the importance of my four fingers as a mm-hmm. measuring tool for, 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 for meat. And I discovered that, yes, it is true. Uh, the enzymes that we produce for protein splitting is very small. Just a few drops. And that is good only for uh, meat the size of your four fingers combined. I, then I said to myself, but wait a minute. These people have not studied science. How come? They intuitively knew the amount of meat that should be eaten. Hmm. So this is, the, this is the answer to your question, as far as traveling is concerned. Yes. Uh, did you did you know did you could you did you record any other places other than Italy? Uh, the, no, the, the other places they, they, they were too mixed. Don't forget, don't forget that. Uh, uh, my father used to be uh, a goldsmith, and so when uh, I was a child, we used to travel um, to Congo, to Cameroon, to other places. So traveling has been part of uh, has been part of my genes since I was a child. Right. So I always like traveling. So sometimes even I feel bored if I if I don't go somewhere. So I feel like taking off and going somewhere, you know. So wow. the only the, the the only problem is that. Uh, uh, it was when my my my, my health started failing that uh, I stopped doing all that and and enjoying the pleasures of life. Hmm. Hmm. Now, what do you think? Um, what do you think is the best way to wean someone off white sugars or white Whoa, sugar based diet? Hold on, that one. Good question. Good question. <laughs> ah, damn. Because I, 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 I help um I help a sister run an apothecary and um I realize that white sugar is one of them drugs that that's in our communities that just oh my god. It's like it's worse than crack. You know? It's literally worse than crack. Like how much they need it. How much they think they need it, of course, you know. But um I, I, I have no I, I I'm I'm running out of limits. I mean I'm running into limits. So see, um, uh, the, the, this this is this is this is what you don't this is what you you may not understand. 
it is not white sugar that is the devil. Right. It it is it is it is the sugar purifier, the sugar whitener called benzoyl that is the devil. Oh. It is a chemical that is used to purify and whiten sugar. When when you look at sugar originally, it is not as white as snow as you see as you think. No. It is benzoyl. It is benzoyl that whitens it. And benzoyl is a chemical that causes addiction. Right. So you, you, have, you, have to, you have to go into a lab in order to deconstruct sugar in order to know what else is there besides sugar. Yeah, that's true. That's very true, doctor. So if you keep saying that uh, people are addicted to sugar, people are addicted to sugar. No, they are not addicted to sugar. People are addicted to chocolate. No, they are not addicted to chocolate. They are addicted to uh, to, to aluminum hydroxide. Wow. Well, what do we do? Begin. To, what is the first step we can do to begin them to detoxify them from those chemicals they just placed in their body? No, no, no. You see, this is this is where this way you have to do the reverse. And unfortunately, uh, it is symptomatic only that can do that because we have, we have, uh, we have, uh, we have something to to, to stop uh, uh, craving sugar and craving sweets and all that. Because mm-hmm. don't forget that the, in, in the brain you create receptors, just like we have nicotine ni- nicotine receptors. You have cocaine receptors in the brain also. So mm-hmm. this is what I do. This is what I do. Um, when uh, I'm treating people who are addicted to, to, to sweets or to sugar, anytime they have an addiction, they place uh, a certain particulate under their tongue. So the receptor in their brain will be expecting the sugar to come. Then all of a sudden, they are being hit by an amino acid. So that's how the receptors begin to die, one after the other. And then eventually, mm-hmm. we, cure, we cure the addiction. Wow. So you got the you, you go after the receptors. That's exactly, that. we go after the okay. receptors. Yeah, because that is the source of yeah. You're right, doctor. That is the source of the problem. That is the source <laughs> of the problem. That, 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 that is symptomatic. Root cause therapies. You always go. You always you always go after the root. You you that that's what you pursue. Hmm. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I, I didn't study brain um, chemistry, so I, I don't. I really don't really even know where the receptors are in the body. Oh, okay. You see, what you have to understand is you have to study. Uh, you have to know what ap- applied quantum physics is. In other words, there is no emptiness in the human body. There is no emptiness where you are supposed to have good protein, and you don't have good protein. You are going to have bad protein. Where you are supposed to have good enzymes and you don't have these good enzymes, you are going to have bad enzymes. This is how it is. So you heard, you heard the expression, uh, you, you heard the name rheumatoid arthritis, where the body turns against itself. That is exactly what it does. Instead of you producing the good enzymes, you have been producing bad enzymes all the time. And bad enzymes will destroy your tissue, will destroy your cartilage. So this mm. is what causes rheumatoid arthritis. So instead of you producing an enzyme deficit, learn to produce an enzyme surplus. This also applies to the brain. This also applies to the brain. You are supposed to have neurotransmitters in every part of your brain. You are supposed to have neurotransmitters. 
you are supposed to have brain chemicals. So where you don't have brain chemicals and where you don't have neurotransmitters, applied quantum physics will take place. You are now going to have receptors. So the same thing also applies to uh, a space between two buildings. A space between two buildings. And if that space is wide enough and that place is not paved, what is going to grow there? You are going to have grass over there. Right. The same thing also applies to the human body. Where where there is no health, there will be filth. Then where there is... That's how it is. There is no emptiness. No emptiness whatsoever. Okay. So what we do, as far as addiction is concerned is to remove the receptors one by one, one by one, by giving you the right stuff that is supposed to be in the human body. So when you feel a craving, you just place that under your tongue, and then the receptors, the cells of the receptors will be expecting the same chemical to come their way, and what, is, what are they going to get? They are going to get something different this time. So since they cannot use a different product for cell division, they will begin to die, one after the other. This is how we cure addiction to cocaine, addiction to, to, to alcohol, to cigarettes, and all that. So you put you put the actual substance under their tongue? <laughs> 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 uh, wait, I, I, I didn't hear that correctly. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, this is what we do uh, when we are treating a, a person in symptometry. Uh, we put... We, we, we put the therapeutic product under the tongue so that it bypasses the the stomach acid. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that because from because there are blood vessels under the tongue. From there it goes straight to the to the bloodstream and then it goes to where it is needed for help. But if you have to put it in the mouth and swallow mm-hmm. it, it will have it will go through the stomach and the stomach hydrochloric acid in the stomach is going to destroy the the, the, the product that we use for treatment. Okay. So that's why okay. we always put it under the tongue. In the future, uh, when you are being treated by a symptometrist, uh, you will know how it is done. Okay. Thank you so much, Good Johnson. That's all the questions I have. Thank you, brothers, for introducing me. I love it. I love this show. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yes, sir. Hey, big brother, how old are you? I'm brother 35. Chai Hello, brother Ty. You still on the line? Oh, he dropped off. I wanted to see how old he was. We're getting them younger and younger, Dr. Nardi. <laughs> okay, uh, Dr. Nardi, my mama just hit me earlier, and she wants to know, lack. Oh, wait a minute. I got to do my announcement. Everybody needs to call in uh, 347-205-9089. If you're on the line, you're good to go. If you're in the chat room, it's getting ready to shut down. So you need to call in 347-205-9089 for the after party. We keep on streaming over here, and I'm getting ready to ask a couple more of these big questions. So please give us a call in, 347-205-9089. You're on the line with Dr. Nardi from Symptometry. Brother Amsu and Coach Kair from Original Native Radio. 
my my nephew, my mama's first grandson, has a problem with lactic acid. And so she said, I said, you want me to ask for children? She said, well, if Vincent has got it, anybody can have it. So where is the lactic acid coming from? And how, you know, for, for, for people who don't know, you know, is it good for us? Is it bad for us? Where does it come from? And what do we do about it? Yeah, um, the the body, don't don't forget, um, the, by, the, the byproduct, the byproduct of... Uh, Sugar, the byproduct of sugar is lactic acid. When you burn, when you when, when you burn glucose, when you burn sugar, uh, a chemical transformation takes place, and then the waste product is called lactic acid. So since we need sugar for energy, since we need sugar for energy, usually the human body needs weak sugar, but you know human beings always do things that they I mean. Uh, differently, and they, instead of going for weak sugar, they always tend to go for strong sugar. Weak sugar or strong sugar, you are going to produce lactic acid as a waste product. If you drink milk, you are also going to produce lactic acid because milk has uh, lactose. So you are also going to produce lactic acid. So if you drink milk and you eat a lot of sugar and you drink soda, you are going to overproduce lactic acid. Now, if you run, if you do intense exercises, physical exercises, your muscle is going to produce lactic acid as a waste product. So how are you removing lactic acid from your body? You have no way of removing lactic acid from your body. Our kidneys do not remove lactic acid. Our sweat glands do not remove lactic acid. Our lungs only remove carbon dioxide. They don't remove lactic acid. So we have lactic acid stuck in our body. So what does excess lactic acid do? It gets into your muscles to cause muscle fatigue. You are tired all the time. Wow. You are tired. You are tired. You have not done anything yet. You slept, you slept for eight hours. You wake up the following morning. You are still tired. That is lactic acid. It's called lactic acidosis. So I found, after four years in the lab, I found a way to produce formula A16B that breaks up lactic acid from our blood, so that you can urinate it, and then it helps to cure acne, it helps to cure uh, influenza overnight. So this is how symptometry has helped to uh, contribute something to human civilization. Mm. Mm. I know somebody is waiting on me to hit this button right here. so you got a comment? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I know we had, you know, quite a few things to touch on tonight, and I know there was, uh, you know, things on vaccines and inoculations. Um, I wanted to shift gears a little bit, um, if we could, and talk about 
um, you know, about, you know, things like the flu shots. You know how when people think that flu shots are helpful um, and, and the way in which, you know, things that they've done that day, things that they would have eaten in the morning or the night before, that could cause an adverse reaction in uh, taking these shots, you know, because they're scared that the, you know, the physician tells them, well, you need a flu shot to make it through a particular season, you know, or allergy shot, things of that nature. And being that, you know, the springtime is coming now, um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, of pollen and molds and all types of things bouncing around more prevalently. So uh, could you talk about um, that right you know, pretty much about flu shots and, and allergy shots, Dr. Nardi. Yes. Um, those, those. Uh, this is this is part of vaccines because for the for children is immunization. Uh, senior citizens is vaccines, uh, or you call them shots these days. Um, I, I, we we have we have succeeded. Symptomatic has succeeded through formula A16B to make flu shots totally irrelevant. You don't need flu shots anymore. You don't need flu shots anymore for the rest of your natural life. It's over. All you have to do is drink formula A16B and influenza A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H will all die. And you are are going to urinate the, the, the immortal remains. That's it. So we don't need flu shots anymore, and we are not encouraging anybody to have flu shots because of the because of the chemical additives and the preservatives that are in the that are in these shots. I had a lady who who developed asthma after the flu shots, and she's 50, 54 years old. She had never had asthma before. She started wheezing and wheezing and wheezing. She developed asthma after a flu shot. So uh, now she knows better. So she came, I ionized the preservatives, she's fine now. Anytime, I mean, she, thinks, she drinks the formula A16B uh, every Friday. Every Friday, that's what she, when, 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 when it's finished, she always orders more. She orders uh, the, 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 the milk supply, the milk supply, the milk supply. That's what we do. So I don't recommend that uh, people who are knowledgeable go for flu shots. No. There is a better way now to prevent influenza. Hmm. Now you said there are different strands of influenza. You said something sound like you said about four or five different strands. No, 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 no. We have influenza A, B, C, D, up to H. Wow. So that's why that's why that's why in 1918, I mean they, they killed millions and millions. Influenza killed millions and millions of people throughout Europe. You know because. They had all this lactic acid in them. They, they, they forgot that uh, the influenza is always attracted by lactic acid. Lactic acid is their growth factor. It's their growth factor. Just like the same way we also go to the supermarket to buy food, influenza also is always looking for lactic acid. So it is picking and choosing people who have too much lactic acid. Wow. Can, so do you have some clients who... That that is the only thing that they take. Or yeah, normally, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 that's all. That, that's 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 all they call for. They, they, I want to give my give my monthly supply. Give my monthly supply. That's all. That's all. <laughs> you know, they they, they 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 have they have been with symptometry for some of them have been symptometry for for two years, three years. So they have cleaned they have cleaned up the system and then they they eat scientifically. So now all they need is maintenance. That's all they need. So uh, if you go and do uh, you if you go and exercise in the gym. And you sweat a lot. Don't forget that you are going to overproduce lactic acid. So, uh, if you don't want to tear your ligaments, your cartilage, and your tendons, make sure that you remove excess lactic acid. All these football players, all these athletes, and uh, these basket basketball players, they have to cause symptometry if they want to to have good joints and healthy joints and, uh, and tendons and ligaments. Stop. They should stop tearing their their ligaments. Eh? They turn ACL, turn this, turn that. No, 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 no. Remove excess lactic acid. Mm. Well, Ooh. the help, the help is here. That's what the man said. The man said the help is here. So, all I can say is, uh, you know, got a couple more callers in the queue. Caller from six zero seven five eight nine. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Peace. This is Courtney calling from New York. Hey, Courtney. Hey, good hey, evening. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Courtney, yeah. Good evening to the Knowledge Trinity on the line tonight. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, Dr. Nardi, I wanted to bring the conversation back to um, children's health, if we could. Uh, I really enjoyed reading your book, Intelligent Children Are Not Born, They Are Made. Um, and I just had a question about the, um, about children's stool of uh, like a healthy child who has proper enzyme function. Um, I know this might not be like a common topic that people deal with, but I have six children. I have two young children, and um, and so that's you know part of my daily health check-in with children. So if you could speak. To just um, to that health marker for parents of how what that indicates, you know, the deficits, the um, the strengths within a child's system. I was really fascinated by what I read when you were saying, um, you know, like if a baby is not able to digest spinach, for example, that it will be excreted undigested. Um, that really surprised me because I just thought that that was just something that the body wasn't using out of the spinach and that if you saw traces of spinach that that was just how it was. So you're really, um, as usual, just, um, you know, teaching me tremendous things about about enzyme function. And so I was wondering if you could speak to that. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. And um, um, the best way to know whether your child, your baby, is doing well or not is to give him give him or her spinach for the first time enzyme wise enzyme wise because we don't have a way of knowing whether uh, our children our baby or our our infant is is producing enough enzymes or not so you start your spinach at 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 a certain age um, by eight months nine months nine months or sometimes a year, I would recommend about a year. Uh, when you give the child spinach and it is, it is, it is really, it is passed undigested, 
Please don't repeat it. Do not repeat it. If you do, you are going to uh, you are going. It's going to be very difficult for you to rebuild certain enzyme making mechanisms because the complex of magnesium in spinach is tougher than that of collard green, than that, than that of mustard green, because spinach has a lot of oscillates. Oscillates are, uh, are compounds. Oscillates are compounds that spinach uses to protect itself uh, from, uh, from, from intense uh, sunshine and then from bitter cold at night. Um, spinach doesn't have MSG, but it has oscillates. Those that have MSG, that's what they use to protect themselves. But spinach uses oscillates to do that. So for this, for this reason, if you give a child, if you give a, 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 a ten-year, a ten-month-old, a one-year-old child spinach, and is not able to digest it, don't repeat it. Move to another green, at least spinach alone. And if you continue, if it continues, if you if you make a mistake, and you continue giving the child spinach again, it's going to affect the production of other enzymes. The child may not be able to digest milk. The child may not be able to digest fruits. I'm treating many children who uh, who have uh, diarrhea after eating fruits. Oh, they say apple. Eat, an apple is good for you. The child eats an apple, diarrhea. Sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's before before reaching the bathroom, he has already made an accident. So I will not recommend that. And always look for indicators in the child's stool. If the child's stool uh, smells awful, awful, it means that the level of carbonic acid in the child is too high. The level of carbonic acid is too high. Uh, you know, uh, a child's, uh, uh, the cattle makes, makes a stool to smell, but if it is too much and it's overpowering, you know the child uh, is being overwhelmed by carbonic acid. You call symptometry. You, you call symptometry right away. You call. You see. Don't forget that. Uh, how do you produce carbonic acid? You know. You eat carbohydrates. Uh, you have carbon. The carbon component. The carbon component of carbohydrate breaks down and then mixes with water, and then it begins to produce hydro, uh, hydrogen ions. It is this. It is the production of the hydrogen ions that turns into an acid, and that is too much for the child. So the child's liver. The child's liver. It's telling you that it, it is too much for me. It is too much for me. Do something about it. Reduce, reduce the amount of carbonic acid in, in, in me. That's why the stool smells so bad. You call symptometry and they, they will send carbonic acid to you right away. And then everything is going to be fine. Many, it's not only, this doesn't only apply to children. It also applies to, to, to adults. Adults when they go, who go to the toilet and then they tell they, 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 their stool smells so bad that they have to spray and almost empty half half of the the the, 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 the spray can. Well, uh, that's not good. The level of carbonic acid is too much. And the same thing also applies to gas. You know, you pass gas and it's very very smelly. That's not good. Your level of carbonic acid is too high. 
Wow. So these are some of the indic indicators that will help uh, a good mother to to know um, to know uh, what to do in order to uh, maintain the child in the health column. Whew. Great question, Courtney. Thank you. I, and we used to make fun of we used to make fun of the of the smelling bad. We just just look at remember we used to just look at the child and be like, ooh, stinky. <laughs> and the child got all that damn carbonic acid up in there, and we keep getting it to them the same thing over and over again. So, for you mamas who got them new babies, and for you adults who out here just tearing the bathroom down, call well, some tree. What are you gonna say, Am Sue? Yeah, running everybody out the building. Got a two bedroom apartment, and can't nobody go down the hallway. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stop that. Stop that mess. I'm going to give out the phone number, 708-691-4977, 708-691-4977, and open seven days a week. Is that true, Dr. Nardi, or, or did I misread that? No, no, no. You know that I work Sunday. I work Saturday. I'm always available Monday to Sunday or day after day after day. And that is what I've been for decades and decades. Uh, I'm still here. <laughs> I got to get him a James Brown T-shirt. Courtney, did you have another question? I didn't want to. I didn't mean to cut your wisdom off. Oh uh, yeah, I just had an, another quick question in reference um, to the book that I was speaking of in the. In the bibliography in the back, Dr. Nardi, are the um, the enzyme charts one and two the interpretations? Um, are those available to 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 folk, like people that are, um, you know, just lay people, or are those just for symptometrists? And um, no, no, they they are they are available to they are available to the general public. They are available to the general public. I think uh, one enzyme chart is twenty dollars or something like this. Uh, they are available to the general public. The advantage about uh, this is um, uh, the enzyme chart gives you uh, the names. Honestly, um, the book what to consume, the book what to consume uh, derives from the enzyme chart because when the enzyme chart was released, they were released uh, two years ago. People had difficulty uh, uh, using them to choose their foods because. Uh, they saw MSG that requires uh, 80,000 enzymes. Then they saw corn that requires 111,000 enzymes. Then they saw spinach that requires 74,000 enzymes and all that. So they, they, were, they were kind of confused. So, uh, but um, a few others who uh, had a higher level of literacy were not confused. So in order to um, uh, level the playing field for everybody, we we used uh, the enzyme chart uh, to and and we added it to the 14 years of research that we did in order to produce what to consume. So if you still want the enzyme chart, they are available, and then you can see, and then you can 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 see for yourself uh, the kind um, why, for instance, people have cancer. They have cancer because they cannot produce the enzymes to break down the carcinogens in, in certain foods. And um, if you eat foods that have carcinogens and one carcinogen requires uh, 75,000 enzymes and 
you can only produce 50,000 enzymes to digest a whole meal. And only one carcinogen, one cancer-causing agent, requires 75,000 enzymes. I mean, you are going to, you are going to, you are going to use 75,000 enzymes to digest only one item and leave the rest. Eventually, you are going to suffer from indigestion, and that is not good. So the enzyme chart is there. It's available, yes. I, okay. You know, for me, the enzyme chart was the thing that I, I haven't had any, any alcohol since that's, I, I actually picked up that enzyme, received that enzyme chart. That's been, what, nine months ago now, almost ten months. Just by reading about the, the acetylhyde and the adults and how many enzymes it took, you know, by just taking one drink was like 178,000 enzymes. So that put me in a deficit for a week just for one drink. So, you know, it was it was very educational. And um, I think the enzyme chart, you know, gives that information for people who want to, you know, dig deeper into it. So when I tell you that symptometry will be around for for, for a long time, is, is, there is a there is there is a lot of room for research and continued research and ongoing research and it, it will never end. All right, Courtney, you still on the line? You all right? I am. I'm all right. Yeah, I have you know lots of questions, but I need to enroll in the American College of Symptometry. So <laughs> one show is not going to cover it all, so I'll make room for everyone else. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Courtney. I appreciate it. That's right, everybody. You hear what Courtney said? Proactive. She's in front of the game. She says, look, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to enroll. Uh, Dr. Nardi, uh, Amsu said you were looking for a 1,000 doctors of symptometry. Was he over-exaggerating or was he about correct? I was speaking for a 1,000 what? A thousand doctors of symptometry. Do you want to? No. How do you feel about having a thousand doctors practicing symptometry all over the world? Oh boy, that would give me a lot of relief. That would give me a lot of big, big relief. So that um, this time now, I will devote I will devote a lot of time to other other issues that uh, I've I've shelved for for years and years and years. So instead of instead of uh, Working seven days, I will begin to work for five days, and uh, that that will give me a big break. <laughs> so you're just trying to get two days off. We give you a thousand doctors. You just get two days off. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Now I got I got um I got I got another caller for you, but I got to ask a quick question too, because a lot of people may not know this, and we haven't just and we hadn't talked about this yet, but. Um, we didn't. We haven't said anything about masturbation tonight. And I know last week we had a show. We had different things on it, but the basis was about, um, you know, results of masturbation. Um, how, how much is too much? Uh, what does it cause? How many diseases did it cause? And can you give me some feedback that you that that you told me earlier? Can you tell the people about? Uh, how many calls did you get this week concerning uh, masturbation at your office? I mean, this. I mean, I, I was shocked because they, they, they turned me into uh, a, a masturbation doctor or something. Because when they <laughs> when they call, 
all they needed was uh, Dr. Nati, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, do, uh, do you have what you said about uh, uh, how to prevent and uh, and stop the the side effects of of masturbation? Uh, uh, I said, what are, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, on the Kair show, on the Kair show, you you said. Uh, uh, for people who have been doing this for for some time, even if you do it once, if it's going to cut up with you, so I don't want that. I don't want. I don't want that. And so, do you have something just for that? And the next one, and the next one, sixty-two calls between Monday. Oh, it was it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was all they needed. They they didn't complain about headache or uh, fever or anything else. No, they, they I mean they said no. They don't want they don't want at age forty six or four fifty to start uh, uh, suffering from uh, uh, chronic insomnia because uh, they have their, their their mother who had this problem. They had their father who had this problem. They had their uncle who had this problem, and they don't want to suffer that. So this means that uh, the, this thing may be run in their family. So they don't, they want to prevent it right now. Women were also calling, but what is what, what was very interesting was that men there were there were more men who called this time than women. There were men, there were more men who called this time than women. So this means that Coach Kaye, I don't know whether you are setting, uh, uh, I don't know you being a man, you are you have. Have uh, some men to come out of the woodwork. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that, that's a good job. <laughs> we just, I'm just, hey, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the brothers to come on. You know what I'm saying? But you know, a lot of times, um, men and women live up under a lot of shame, and so they don't want to address it on the radio because they say, "Oh well, my friend may be listening. I don't want anybody to hear my voice." But they be waiting for you to get up in the morning. They be waiting for you to get up, you know. And that was one of your that show last week. Like I don't even know how many people just be giving out people things, but uh, the first show that you did, you had um, you've only been on a month. This will be your fourth show. So your first show that you came on. Already, four hundred and thirty-three people have listened to that show. They downloaded it. We only have, we only have forty-six people. Um, no, we only had fifty-three people on the phone, and then we don't had four hundred people down. Over four hundred people download that show just to listen to the first show. That's where you told your story and how it got started. The second show that you had was Ladies' Night. We only had two hundred and eighty-six people come back and download that show. So that's already. Seven. That's over 700 people that's heard symptometry, just the first two shows. Then the third show, the masturbation show, last week. One week, 389 downloads, almost 400, almost 400 people that came back and listened to that show. So it's a, it's a healing, you know, and they wouldn't be listening to that show and they wouldn't be calling you if they wouldn't have heard something like you said. They wouldn't have heard some truth that resonated with them. That's what made them call because we didn't give out a reward and say, well, if you call, we're going to give you some money. 
You know, these people called on their own volition, you know, and all I did is I'm just going to do the show and let people decide on their own. So I'm very I'm very happy that people called, that people were proactive. Um, I believe in my people, you know what I'm saying, not just uh, melanated, dark-skinned people, but I believe in the human race that when people hear the truth, they're going to do the right thing if they got good sense. If they ain't, then go and get out of the way. We ain't going to be we ain't gonna be bothered with them. But oh, I yeah. definitely appreciate, um, the, like as you said, the men coming out the woodwork. So, and and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna let my next caller come on. But then I got another question because some of the brothers they've been texting my phone want me to ask another question about masturbation. But let me get to this next caller. Uh, caller from the seven zero three six seven seven. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you calling from, please? Hi, this is Kimberly from Virginia. Good evening, everyone. Hi, Dr. Norty. Thank you. Yeah. Kimberly, good afternoon. Good evening, yeah. Good evening. How are you doing? Um, thanks, Kyrie, for providing us a platform that we'll be able to come to and get our questions back where we could uh, take off the mask and leave the shame at home so that we can begin to start to heal ourselves so that we can put good energy out in the world. I appreciate that. I look forward to these Tuesday night calls, and I try to get as many people as I know on them because people are hurting. And in my profession as a massage therapist, I wanted to go back to the word lactic acid, and it seems to be something that is uh uh, as I've been listening to the calls to be a, a major culprit in what is used in order to block ourselves. And, Dr. Norley, I wanted to ask you, I have two clients currently that's getting ready to go for rotator cuff injuries, and if I thought I just heard you say is a lot of these injuries of the ligaments and tendons have to do with this buildup in the body, and I wanted you to give me some more information and how can I maybe even prevent my clients or even encourage the ones that come to me feeling hard as a brick that they're, the stress in their body is so intense that the massage, although it softens them, I know when they go back to their lives and they come back to me in a month that it's built up again. Can you give me some more information about how deadly this lactic acid buildup is happening? Because I'm noticing that corporate people, so it's more than just exercise. I think it's the lifestyle that's causing this buildup as well in the body. And could you give me some more information about that? Yeah. Okay. The 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 the, the problem the problem is um, that we we humans you know in when when you start studying symptomatology you study the different phases of the of a person and one of them is acid builder. You see, we 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 are don't forget that we are we as persons uh, we are made of we are we are made of DNA and DNA is nucleic acid. Therefore, the foundation of the human being, of the human body, is already acidic, you see. But this does not mean that, okay, because we are acidic, now you have to eat alkaline food. That's not what it means. What it means is you, have, you are made of weak acids, and you have to get weak acids, and then you have to keep removing acids from your body. Then unfortunately, um, this, all this acid is locked up in our cells, and in our tissues. And we think that, okay, um, this is part of aging. Oh, you have to grow old. You have to get weak. And all your joints will have to start falling apart. That is not true. 
That's what I said. Look at me. At my age, I'm healthier than when I was 34 years old, than when I was 18 years old. So if you know how to remove carbonic acid, okay, I just, I just spoke about uh, carbon and how carbonic acid forms. In addition to that, you have sulfuric acid. You eat, you eat foods that have sulfur. Sulfur combines with water to produce sulfuric acid. Then, after that, you eat food that have phosphorus. Phosphorus combines with water in the human body to produce phosphoric acid. Then you have lactic acid. That is, then you have lactic acid. That is the, the, the waste of milk, milk, milk metabol metabolism, glucose or sugar metabolism, and then the waste from muscle activity. We walk all the time. We run to catch the bus. You know, we, we, we ride a bicycle and so on and so forth. We are always producing excess lactic acid. But nobody is removing, no one is removing this acid. So if uh, the board, if the board is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is, I mean, uh, accepts, accepts my, my recommendation, they could, they, could, they, could, uh, they, could, they could come up with a formula where uh, they could be sending you some of the formula for, for, for lactic acid remover. Because it makes, all these acids will make muscles very tense. And when muscles are tense, they become, they become, they become very thick. They may be, even form uh, cellulites. And you see some, some people, they, they, they have sore muscles. Some people bruise very easily. It's because of too much, too much lactic acid in their body. So as a massage therapist, you can you can only you can only do topical applications, but you cannot remove this acid. So if you begin to remove these acids, I mean uh, you make uh, your your clients uh, much healthier than you than you have been doing or than you used to. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Uh, it definitely has given me some perspective. The other thing I want to talk about is these enzyme charts. Um, the enzyme charts, is that like a way that we can look at how we spend energy or how, so like, for example, I heard um, the young man talk about alcohol and how many enzymes or how much energy it requires to, to, to say, process, uh, uh, say, a glass of wine. Will these charts help us to manage um, the way that we would typically choose a food or choose an item in our life and what it's going to cost us, and then we can make better choices, or just using the book, what to consume would be the better guide, or or both. Um, I will personally recommend that you have both because um, this will help you. This will help you to know exactly how. Um, what you see, I I I I I recommend that tomato should be cooked, and tomato should not be eaten raw. How much? How much? How many enzymes does raw tomato require? It requires too many enzymes, and for this reason, what you can do is. Excuse me. For this thing, what you can do is you can get hold of the enzyme charts and you will know exactly 
how many enzymes uh, uh, you, you will need or how many enzymes you will not need. Okay, now, if you eat, if you eat um, uh, peanuts, if you, need, if you eat peanuts, for instance, and peanuts, you know that peanut has, has a mold called aflatoxin. It's in peanuts. Aflatoxin alone requires 25,000 enzymes. Now, when you, when you go and buy sardine, you remember we say you can eat sardine because it has a lot of purine and it's good for DNA. And you open the sardine and you don't put it and, and you, don't, uh, you don't drop it in, in stew 10 minutes before you turn off the fire. You will need 25,000 enzymes to digest nitrite in the sardine alone. 25,000 enzymes. And you need uh, 50,000 enzymes to digest a meal. 50,000. And the nitrite in the, in the, in the fish, in the, in the sardine alone, it requires 25,000 enzymes. This is going to create an enzyme deficit for you. It's going to create an enzyme deficit. This is how people develop cancer. This is how people have cancer. Because chromium oxide, cadmium oxide, uh, benzidine, nitride, asbestos, sulfur dioxide, dioxin, and all that, they require 25 each, 25 each, 25 each, 25,000, sorry, 25,000 each. So what are you going to do? You, you cannot build an enzyme surplus. So what are you going to do? You are going to build an enzyme deficit. You are going to create an enzyme deficit. And your body is going to suffer when you create an enzyme deficit. You will never be healthy. So the enzyme chart that is available here in symptometry gives you an idea about how much cabbage requires, how much aduki requires, how much mushrooms require. You see? So you go for avocado salad. Avocado salad requires only 6,000 enzymes. Oh, okay. So you go, you, 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 you end up choosing the items that require the smallest amount of enzyme. Pineapple require only 2,000 enzymes. You see, pancake. Pancake requires only 1,000 enzymes. Waffles require only 1,000 enzymes. So this is how you make your choices. So that's why the wow. enzyme chart is very important. Okay, thank you. Oh, I, I'm I'm trying to order mine right now. Where do I get my enzyme know, chart? I'm you said it. pancakes is only a thousand. Okay, you know somebody talk to me. I'll call you tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be the first. I'm gonna be in the lab in a few years, y'all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After okay. I heal myself. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, yeah. What? Oops, wait a minute. I got to bring her back. Hold on. Hold on, Kimberly. Okay. Okay, your mic is back open. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Dr. Norty, I guess I wasn't quite clear. So,
So if the client has already been slated to have surgery in order to repair the rotator cuff, is it too late for them to try to come back or just let them have their surgery and then um, talk about whatever they need to do once their surgery is no, over? No, no, no. I, I, I know how the system works. And when you are scheduled for surgery, money is involved. The surgeon is going to be paid, and they have already lined up everything. Never make a mistake of taking the person away from 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 uh, from, from, uh, from the surgeon. You are going to take food from somebody's table. That's not good. Let them let the person go and have the surgery. Then after that, you can prevent subsequent surgeries. Okay, but people that I now know that are having these torn ligaments, I can now tell them on top of what I'm doing for you, you need to figure out how to get it completely out of your blood, and that would mean Exactly, um, yes, exactly. Okay, thank you very much. And thank you so much for being so honorable in that way that it's not about the greed, that if you say they're already slated, let them go and make their choices, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. (laughs) <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Doc, I got to, um, I'm going to get to uh, STDs and, um, and Matt, and STDs for the men as well as masturbation for the men because nobody said anything about it tonight, but I did list it. And though last week we did talk about a lot of, you know, results of masturbation for men and women, but I just wanted to be kind of specific. Some of the, um, are there more um, specific uh, STDs, you know what I'm saying, that are geared toward men or geared toward women? So, for instance, I know you said something about um, sometimes a woman may have a yeast infection that lasts uh, too long and then they say she have tricks or trichomoceres or something. I don't know what that word is. Um, is that is the yeast infection itself? Do you go to the source of that, or because the yeast infection is the yeast infection, the source of the whatever that word is, the tricks or the trichomoceres yeah, or whatever. Trichomiasis, 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 trichomiasis. Yes. So, can you can can you explain what that is for me, and explain the yeast inflection, and then and then explain how symptometry would attack that? Okay, Um, um, gonorrhea goes with chlamydia, and then yeast goes with uh, trick. You see, Uh, I don't know how I don't know how they've been pairing themselves like that. But uh, this is how they've been pairing themselves. And a person who has uh, who has, a person who has had gonorrhea or who is susceptible to gonorrhea will be more susceptible to to, to chlamydia. And then a person who a, a person who has had yeast infection will be more susceptible to trichomoniasis. You see. So what what you have to do now is what we do in symptomatry in symptomatry is. Instead of targeting the the, the 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 microbe, you build the person's immune system with you build the immune system with monomers. We have a particular kind of uh, uh, zinc that is mixed with amino acids, 
and uh, uh, calcium and vitamin C, all they, are, they, are, they have been mixed up in a, in a right proportion in order to produce a, a special supplement called monometh, monometh sulfate. This is what we use to, to build a person's immune system and perhaps the person's liver to produce GTH, that is glutathione pyridoxide. So you have to help the person also to produce, to eat the right foods. And the right foods entail uh, foods that, have not, that, are, uh, that, that do not come from drugged animals. Then we have herpes also that, that comes in there. Herpes is just opportunistic. It's just looking for growth factors. It's looking for food. So wherever it will get, wherever it will get it, it will get it. So it does, not, it does not matter whether the person has chlamydia or has yeast or has gonorrhea or has syphilis. It's just looking for an opportunity and it got it. A person has a weak immune system. And yeast is the first one that weakens a person's immune system because yeast is a mold, it's a fungus, and every fungus is very dangerous because it, it produces a, a toxin that destroys the, the white blood cells all around, all around it. And by destroying the white blood cells, it's finished. Your defense mechanism has been lowered, and now this allows streptococcus Chlamydia and all the other bacteria to infect the person. When you you never know who started the infection. Is it the woman who started the infection, or is it the man who started the infection? It's very difficult to tell. Or uh, men carry this particular uh, microbe more than women, or women carry this particular microbe more than men. Um, my science has not taught me that uh, certain 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 uh, uh, microbes are associated with men and others are associated with women. They are, they are looking for the most vulnerable person. That's all the microbes are doing. They are looking for the most vulnerable person. They infect the person and they remain there. If you don't have a doctor who knows how to remove them, well, it will be chronic. That's why many people have yeast infection for, 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 for 10 years, 11 years, 12 years. And then the doctor, he just gives them an antibiotic. Oh, antibiotic. What do, what do antibiotics do? Because if it, if, it is multi, if it is multipathogenic, in other words, if the infection, if, if the infection involves different strains of bacteria, the different strains of viruses, what is the antibiotic going to do? What is the antibiotic going to do? The antibiotic that was given to you is only for one particular bacterium. One particular bacterium, and in that in, the, in that infection, you are going you are going to have uh, Streptococcus, Staphylococcus, Pneumococcus, and all the coccus 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 that are that are in there. So how are you, how are you, going, how are you going to cure it? You are not going to cure it. Then they will come up with a theory as oh this is incurable. It is incurable because you are using the wrong theory. You are using the wrong products. <laughs> Where my horn at? Where my, where my horn at? Hold on. Oh, man. Doc said, you're using it. Doc said, of course it's incurable if you're using the wrong damn thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, 
like you're using a spoon when you should be using a screwdriver like this. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to brush your teeth with a fork. Talking about I can't get this I can't get this powder build up. My breath stinks. I know, using a fork. Use a toothbrush. Okay. I want to thank everybody who's on tonight. Y'all got any more calls? If y'all got any more questions, please press 1. You're already in the queue. I do appreciate everybody. I want to shout everybody out. Uh, of course, I got my fabulous 702 in the building. I got That's out there in Vegas. I got that QC, Mecklenburg County, 704 in the house. Sunshine, I see you at the 850. Brother Heru, 703-473, I see you. Caller from the 954 down there in Southern Florida, uh, 614. I see Carol up there in Alexandria from the 212. Whoever that is calling in from the 111, we appreciate you and love you for calling in. My Osa, my Shindao Sifu, we see you. 951, we see you in the building. 856 314, you in the building. 607, 609, you in the building. Ayana out there in Oakland, I can't believe you didn't ask the question tonight, but we see you. 404, you in the building. We know Kimberly is in the building, and we definitely know Courtney and Maat Sash is in the building. And of course, you got the Greensboro Shaman himself, Amsu, in the building, and Dr. Norder. Y'all get up on your feet and give yourself a hand, and give, give yourself a round of applause. I want to thank everybody for coming in because it makes me feel good that I can contribute just a little bit. I'm trying to make Dr. Nardi just know how, know what my name is. I, the more people I can get called and say, uh, well, Kair, that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm a contributor. <laughs> I got to get me right, but at the, while I'm getting me right, I send people to the source. You know, I'm not, um, my thing is don't hide it, divide it. So um, let's go ahead and keep Dr. Nardi as busy as possible. He working. If he want to work seven days a week until he gets some some a thousand dollars, we're gonna let him work seven days a week because he gets his joy. And that's one thing my mama t- said about you today too. She said, "Oh, he loves what he does." She said, he, "She said he's got a life." She said, "Some people don't have a life." I said, "Well, what about working on Saturday and Sunday? Don't you want to have the weekend off?" She said, "No." She she said, "That's his life. He loves it." And so I can tell, that, that, you know. That is true. That is true. Your mom is right. That is true. <laughs> so I definitely want to say how much I appreciate you and everybody who called in tonight and um, everybody who's over in the chat room, Toronto, uh, Canada. Hopefully we can go ahead and get this thing spread out so it's not just in um not just in the in the United States, where you, I know you went to St. Louis. Now you've been to uh, you come into Greensboro. Do you have any other stops planned uh, for traveling around the United States this year? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Florida, Florida in June, and uh, everything has to be finalized because I take only two stations at a time. Because even though we have had them lined up already, I take two stations at a time. So we have Greensboro, we have uh, North Carolina, and uh, Florida for now. You know, I work. I work at a cellular level. So once you know how to work at a cellular level, you don't you don't bite more than you can chew. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lisa Scott, she's in the chat room. She told me to tell you, tell Doctor Narda she said hi. Oh. <laughs> okay, hi Lisa. <laughs> and she said something about uh, she she thinks Doctor Nardi recommends rice milk. Yes, that's true. Yes, that, 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 that's what I have for breakfast this morning. Okay, okay, okay. And um, they 
had a, and they were talking. I know Amsu had addressed it, but I wanted to get it from the good doctor or either one of you who want to address it. But coconut water. A lot of people say, well, you got coconut water in the can. Some people say, well, we got the fresh coconut water that's out of the coconut. Um, and is coconut a nut? You know, because it, it don't look like a peanut to me, but it's got the word nut in it and the word and almonds. So, you know, a person like me, allergic, they can say, well, what about almonds? Are almonds nuts and are, are, are uh, water chestnuts? What are that? So can you give me a little review before we get off the line about uh, coconuts and coconut water? Okay. And almond milk and almond. Don't forget the almond milk and the almond, all of that either. But yes, almonds, almond, but give me coconut, then give me coconut water, then give me almonds, and then give me almond milk. You see, um, we have coconut. When I I don't use I don't use I don't use common sense as as usual. I go to the lab, and when when I when I scrape the coconut meat, the white stuff, and I test it, and then I take the coconut water, and I test it, there is absolutely no difference in the chemical content. Both of them have, the difference is that coconut water has a small amount, a smaller amount of vanadium and molybdenum, and which are nutrient blockers, and coconut meat has a lot of vanadium, molybdenum, and coconut oil. It has a lot of coconut oil. That is what, that's what the coconut meat is, the white stuff. So the difference between eating uh, coconut meat and uh, drinking coconut water is that the one who eats the coconut meat uh, the the inside pulp, that the hard pulp, will have more health problems than the person who drinks co- coconut water. That's the difference. The same thing also applies to almond milk. Almond, the, the, the milk has fewer health disruptors, but it has salicylates that raises blood pressure. So a person who has blood pressure and drinks almond milk will see his his or her blood pressure skyrocket. So you have to know the person's condition before recommending certain items to that person. If the person is healthy, fairly healthy, I would recommend that um, coconut water be drunk once, maybe once every two weeks or once every three weeks. You know, you go to Jamaica, you go to some of these African countries or tropical countries, tropical areas, and you are thirsty, okay, you can drink coconut water. And for how long will you be on that island? You just drink it, and when you come back here, it's over. You are not drinking it again. So this is, this is how I look at coconut, uh, coconut water, coconut uh, uh, nut itself, and almond and almond milk. I am originally from Ghana. I know what coconut is. I don't drink coconut. I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't drink coconut water. Why should I drink it? Why should I drink it? If you want to see, if you want to quench your thirst, okay, you can do that. But I will not, because I want to be optimally healthy from January first to December thirty first, year after year. What I will do 
to maintain that optimal health is what I will do. I will not take anything that is going to compromise my health for a few days. I went to, a, to, a, to, a, to a, an oriental restaurant uh, with, uh, about uh, uh, three days or four days ago, and then I damaged my, my mucous membrane. If I, did not have, if I did not have an MSG neutralizer, and if I did not have something to remove excess carbonic acid from my body, I would have been in big trouble by now. That's why in symptometry we say you have to cure yourself. You have to know how to cure all your diseases. If you cannot, your license will not be renewed. Wow. Okay, so now real quickly, Doc, so you're saying that even though you're the founder and creator, you still had a mucous membrane problem. So I don't want to think, so, so some people may be thinking, well, I can just cure myself one time and become a doctor, and then I ain't going to never get sick again. No, 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 no. The human body is dynamic. The human body is dynamic. You were healthy yesterday, but yesterday is no guarantee for tomorrow. Because if you make one mistake, your cells will never forgive you. Your cells will never forgive you. And you must have, you must have the products to reverse the damage that you did. If you don't have the product to reverse this damage, you are going to be in trouble. Hmm. We're going to be in trouble. So we don't want to be in trouble. So we got to be. That's, 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 that's one thing, like Sister Myra, one of my, my oracle who teaches me astrology, she says in life, you got to have, you got to be two things. You got to be flexible and agile. That's right. That's right. I agree. I agree. You got to be adjusting that cap in the mirror, constantly fixing it, grinding and polishing. It's always a work. That's why we call it ourselves a work of art. So I definitely love it. Let me see. Do we got anybody else in the chat room tonight? Um, let me see. Did Courtney raise? Courtney, 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 did you raise your hand again? Hello, Courtney. Okay, I didn't think so. Just checking. All right then. Well, next Tuesday night. I think we're going to be doing I, – I know I like for y'all to get prepared. Um, I like to surprise everybody. Um, but me and Amsu, if you do have anything that you want to recommend for a topic matter next Tuesday, I think we're just going to go in on men's health because we did something for the ladies' night, then we did something for the masturbation. That got a lot of people's attention. And this show was really dedicated to uh, – I, I wanted to dedicate it to autism and children's health, and I think we did a great job on that. So next week it might be, you know, it might be something for the men, you know, because a lot of times we look at toughness, and toughness is putting a lot of us in the graveyard. So we try to be too <laughs> tough, you know. And I don't want to be too tough. I want to stick around. So um, please, everyone, uh, catch Dr. Naughty as soon as possible. Um, even by phone call or visiting the website, symptometry.com, and he will be in Greensboro, North Carolina on April the 14th uh, at the Greensboro Creative Center. Amsu, do you have any announcements before we go? Yes. Um, I know Dr. Nardi, we, we, at some point, we don't know the exact times yet, but he will be available on Friday at some point on the 13th, or maybe two to three hours to People want to have personal uh, contact and uh, consultations with him over at the uh, Creative 
Center. So we'll be able to find more information about that here in the next few weeks once we finalize all the uh, travel plans. So we'll know. All right. I just got a little instrumental as we getting ready to fade on out. Dr. Nardi, do you have any uh, shout-outs or any closing remarks you want to give before we go tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want everybody to remain focused and be very positive and then continue in the right track because eventually we'll all be very healthy. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, and we'll see you all. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amsu. I just want to give uh, thanks to you, Coach, and Dr. Nadia for having this forum and just allowing me to be here and participate. So, great thing for me. Okay.